2: This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X.
1: Sportos, motor motorheads geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. Oh.
0: Welcome everybody this is Tuesday, September 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, the remote L College of Business Studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Cards fans, if you're looking for a competitive advantage in today's data-driven world, earn your Master's in Business Analytics from the University of Louisville in just 12 months. No previous coding experience required. It's great news for Trevor Kelsey. Now available both online and in person. Again, just 12 months. Get your MBA to get started or learn more. Visit business.louisville.edu backslash UofLMSBA today. We're on the air from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over these United States of America and elsewhere. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. And Trev, for the first time (laughs) in the history of the Mike Rutherford Show, we are here today, following an opening weekend of U football, and it's not a doom is gloom. I am the most miserable person in the world. Three hour show. We get to celebrate today. We get to celebrate well, for it took three two hours. Years. Only took well, yeah, a little bit <laughs> more than two years. But we're here, damn it. It's our time oh, yeah. now over here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. How are you on this fine, fine Tuesday afternoon?
2: Oh, feeling fine, my friend. How, how you looking there? Looking good? Feeling good. Yes, I am a uh, nice little three day rest, which I needed after all the exercise I got on Friday. Uh, and then just enjoy just enjoy a beautiful weekend of football movies and vacation. Whew. Now now you probably out doing something I did accomplished absolutely nothing. I uh,
0: no one expected you to.
2: I know well I did for those that are running on Friday, I got around the the uh, anarchy uh, sadism that is spectrum and taking away my ESPN. And I got, uh, I signed up for the YouTube stuff, so I got that, so the spectrum has 21 days before I'm going to send them a bill for my YouTube TV and tell them they owe me money because I have to pay for it because of them. And I got to watch the game, got to watch the game, we watched the game again, watched some college football on Saturday, watched uh, some college football on Sunday, did a buttload of fancy drafts on Sunday and Monday, watched... All three Rambos on Monday and now all here I, three Rambos. All three Rambos. You were fired up at Freddy. I was. I was pumped. I was like, I need something. I, I, I don't I don't I don't want a comedy. I don't want I don't want a rom com. Blow some people up. I want I want I want I want to I want to see Brian Denny he lose his mind trying to kill Sylvester Stallone and then get this then get blown up in a helicopter. That's what have. I want to see. Who who doesn't need that on Labor Day? What doesn't say Labor Day more than a Sylvester Stallone marathon of blowing people up? I'm with you. I mean,
0: only Rambo can have first blood twice. The only thing more <laughs> Labor Day, more American, is watching the Clemson dynasty officially come to a close, which we will talk about a little bit later. Oh, that was Rambo 4 in my eyes. It was yeah, <laughs> Rambo, Dabo, all what, the
2: bows. The Duke coach was, 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 the, was Rambo in this character. Days blowing stuff up yeah. all I know. So
0: it, we'll get to general college football talk a little bit later because obviously there was a ton of that over the weekend, yep. and thankfully I was able to digest a, a solid amount. We had a great weekend. We won't. Delve too much into it because I know people want to get straight into the Louisville talk today, which we will do. But it is uh, it, today is my daughter's birthday.
2: No, is it today? I thought it was technically like Sunday or Monday. It is today. T- oh, today tomorrow. is September
0: fifth. Okay, happy birthday. She's four years old today. I can't believe it's already been four years, which it, it blows okay. my mind. We had her 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 little party on Saturday, okay. which went very well. She was very excited. It was it was fun. She had some little friends over and went to like the the, the, little, the Louisville Ballet School where she does her ballet. She nice. She had a princess party, but you know they basically just got to like run around and. and dance and go through an obstacle course and do stuff. For, so that was a lot of fun. Did you do it? No, the obstacle course was too small for me. Oh, okay. It wasn't really an obstacle course either. It was just kind of like jump on these like little dots. But they loved it. <laughs> so she had a blast. She like was loose with obstacle Yeah, yeah. She, she had a blast. She, she had a fun weekend. And today she's had, you know, she, she was kind of confused about the whole concept of She's going to school, but it's her birthday, and, and we're like, well, you know, we, we brought in little goodie bags for all the kids in her class, and we brought in little plates for, you know, when it's somebody's birthday, they have cupcakes or whatever, and you get to pick the plates and the, the napkins, so we brought Cinderella plates and stuff, but she kind of, her teachers were like, I don't think she really understood that it wasn't just like a birthday Virginia Day at school. Like, the, like the, we had to do actual school stuff. It wasn't just a full-on celebration of, of Virginia. It wasn't a school birthday party, which I was like, I, I kind of figured that was going to be the case going in. But we'll do some. We'll, we'll give her our presents tonight and have a little mini cake. And but it was it was a really good weekend. Obviously, jump started by what happened on Friday night. There wasn't anything better when you had a when you, it was either yours or someone else's birthday
2: in like elementary school days, because you got the cupcakes and you got to like basically take like a. 20 minute break from the school day. Not that it was hard work anyway. That was great. Yeah, I was like,
0: you see, you see the cupcakes coming in. And you're like, awesome. It was a little taste of like home too. Yeah, Just, yeah. You know, we're eating cupcakes at school. This is great. Little cake. Little. Yeah, I got a little truck in this goodie bag. Fantastic. This yeah. bouncy ball that I'm gonna lose five minutes after I get out of, outside of school. <laughs> <throwing> Wonderful. Somebody. <laughs> Fantastic. But happy birthday to my, my my sweet daughter. She's the best person in the world. Uh, Don't she's probably not John. listening right now. She might. Be. <laughs> she's yeah. John's got a John's got a ways to go. I, I'm just kidding. John's John, awesome. you haven't earned it yet. <laughs> Once he starts being able to talk effectively, then we can. Yeah, we can we develop can more that. of a rapport. But for now, <laughs> Virginia's definitely <laughs> funny. Although John is pretty funny, he's he's definitely coming around. He's he's the comedic value of his performances are is, is growing by the day. But it is wild thinking. You know, I remember four years ago, I did the pregame show for Louisville Notre Dame, and then I couldn't go to the game because we thought you know Mary was going to go into labor any second now, and then she ends up it ends up being a few more days, and then we brought Virginia home. It was Louisville was playing, I think, Eastern Kentucky was their second game, and it was so it, the same sort of setup here in this week, Louisville playing a power conference opponent in week one and now getting ready for Murray State. And the cool thing about the setup of our schedule here to begin the season is, and, and with Labor Day, Bumping us off the air yesterday. We get to celebrate the win today. And then, like, we're 48 hours away from kickoff number two. So we'll be, we'll be, we're very close to the next game day, which will be a lot of fun. And then Friday, you're looking ahead to the weekend that will be in college football. Uh, You know, you'll have NFL to talk about. We'll have my Lions playing on Thursday night, which kind of sucks for me. I got my ACT on Friday or Saturday. ACT day is Saturday. So it's already here. I know. God, it's happened so quickly. So I haven't even studied yet. We'll be fully focused on that. Like, it's going to be. I'm I'm very excited, so it's it's all happening right now. But let's just get right into it. Friday night, and I want to start the conversation with halftime because I don't know. First of all, did you were you able to watch the game live at all? Because you had a little bit of a delay. Yeah. You had to come in here and work after the we had the golf scramble and everything. So I, I never I, I didn't want I was scared to text you during the game. Because I didn't know if you were going to be watching on well, delay I, or if you were following along online or what the deal was.
2: I mean, I was on delay, and I had I didn't get to listen to the commentators, which, I mean, I did listen to them when I rewatched the game on Sunday, but realized, or I'm, uh, yeah, I uh it on Sunday night, that uh, that I didn't miss much on Friday when I did the mute, watching the game on mute, but uh, be, but I did get, I was live with it. I mean, I was streaming it, so I guess I was maybe a few seconds behind, but uh, I, I still couldn't pay much attention in the first half because I had it on my screen here. And when they would go to a break or do something, I'd have to lower this, you know, lower it, and I couldn't, you know, I'd miss, you know, whatever plays or so many stuff, and so I didn't really get a chance to. Tanex ended right early in the second half, so I got to pretty much enjoy the best part of the game, which was the second half, okay. watching it. And then again, I said, as I said, I've rewatched it since then. By the way, my favorite part of commentary on, of the game was in the first half when they're showing a preview for the Baylor game, and Andre Ware goes, "That Baylor team's good," I'm telling you. That's a 10-11 win team, maybe. This is a team that could be sneaking in the national championship scene. I'm like... He's nothing if not consistent. (laughs) I'm like, well, guess what,
0: buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's rewind a little bit, though. So, so it's it's halftime. Yes, it is. The the main thought going through my mind... I'm thinking about today's show. I'm thinking about how I'm going to have to come in here, and you thought the post-Ole Miss show was depressing. You thought the post-Syracuse show was depressing. At least those shows were about the actual performance, were about... Us just not being ready to play against, at first, an opponent that we knew was superior, and then second, an opponent that we thought was going to win, and just how this you know was was different. My whole show, my whole spiel, like what I was going to be talking about at this very moment, I thought it was just going to, it was going to be centered around how I have to accept the fact that nothing is ever going to be good ever again. <laughs> You've already written down the. the I, I was just like because I'm I'm texting with friends and I'm like, I I feel like you know we know what basketball is right now. There's oh yeah. N- y- y- if they. If they overachieve, great, but I don't think many people are going into this type of season with enthusiasm, and if you do have enthusiasm, it's for like, hey, I think they can overachieve and make the tournament, not what we're used to, which is I think this can be a national title winning team, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I guess football is just going to let us down forever, and then I guess basketball is just never going to get back to being, you know, we expect them to go to a Final Four, we expect them to be in the mix for a national championship, this is just the way that things are now. I never get to be happy again when it comes to my favorite sports teams. And we never get to do happy radio. Or like, you know, we'll, we'll, there'll be moments, but we'll never get to do over-the-top, celebratory, euphoric radio. And that's what I miss most about what's happened over the last few years. So that's what I plan on talking about. You're depressing to watch a game with, I think. <laughs> well, when it's, were you, was anybody excited? Did you not, were you not following the game in the first half? Were you I was thrilled kinda, at halftime.
2: I, I was more kind of in like in denial, like this isn't really happening. Maybe I just I'm I'm hallucinating. I'm still I've been out in the sun. You send all, me
0: an upset text. I've been I've been
2: I've been in the sun all day. You know maybe maybe, maybe I'm just hallucinating things. It's like you know the the autistic kid in, in, in saying I'm this is all a dream. Maybe I didn't really hit the golf ball. Maybe
0: we're not down twenty eight to thirteen. Two things happened after, after I, I had this thought. The first was I I changed my mindset. I, I was like you know what you needed to do. Imagine that this isn't Louisville playing. Imagine that this is like when you followed Jeff Brom teams in the past. Because, you know, we've always kept our eyes on Jeff. We have. We, 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 even if Jeff wasn't here now, we would still would love Jeff. Yeah. When they were down 28-13 to a seemingly inferior opponent or somebody who was kind of on a level playing field, I would always just be like, well, they're going to come back. Like They'll be in that game late. Like they, they may not win it, but they're going to be right there. And so I was like, you're so down because you've seen this so often with this specific program in recent years. You, I mean... Scott Satterfield was fine when Louisville had a lead and got off to a good start, but when they, we were playing from behind, it very rarely went well for us. Like we've, We never had a type, uh, the type of come-from-behind win in the second half that we had on Friday night. It, just, it was done. And maybe I had just conditioned myself to think that this was going to be the case forever. So, like, you know what? Get out of that headspace. Imagine that this is Jeff Brom coaching somewhere else. You would have optimism. You would be optimistic about this. And then the second thing, and this is strictly show-related, I pulled up Suicide Kings, and I watched... Because of the way that we played in the first half, you weren't feeling suicidal now. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe there's something to this. Uh-huh. I saw, somebody tweeted, they were like, you know, it, and this was after I'd actually watched it. They were like, Mike, you just need to watch the damn movie. This is your fault. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can do what I said I was going to do Thursday night and, and cheat. If Trevor can have, like, six bites and call it eating a salad, I can watch a minute and a half of this movie and say that I watched Suicide Kings. So I pulled up the... The first clip that I found on YouTube, if I just I, I just typed in Suicide Kings, and it's that movie clips website or whatever. Yeah, so I saw the clip. Clips. You
2: watched? Did you watched an early clip? You watched like clip one or two? I I'm, think.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I just this is the very first one that popped up It's Christopher Walken. He's in. He's tied up yeah, and he's, he's talking to Jay Moore. And like I, I just I wasn't even, I was halfway paying attention. I watched it. I I took a screenshot of the clip and I sent you. I was like I watched <laughs> Suicide <laughs> Kings. I did my part.
2: In fairness, though, the, of the few the, like a minute and a half you watched it, you seen, it seemed like a pretty good movie, right? Not really. Okay, come on. Not really. My mind was, was not focused you bet, you on You better think so, because you got something to watch before Thursday. If you don't, we're just going to be hell to pay.
0: No, I've, yeah. wa- I've already watched it. I oh, watched, you watched the whole movie? No, I've watched Suicide King. I watched a minute and a half, oh. I, just like you ate you a you got to watch more of it, though. Clearly, I don't, because the magic worked. All right, well, Look what we, happened. we come out, we trail to Murray State
2: in the first half. You're just gonna, no, it's done. <laughs> the,
0: the, the, bets, the, the bet's done. The bet, the bets, uh, I've, I've done it. I've watched Suicide Kings, according to the big X logic here. So, all the people so, that at me for salary it was you, not me. No, clearly... It worked. The mojo worked. It worked, and the second half went according to plan.
2: You know, post game they were talking to Jeff. And they, asked, they asked him at halftime, like, "What happened?" He's like, "I don't know. It felt like something clicked out of nowhere." like, He's Kings. like, "I don't. I don't get it." He's like, "Suddenly, I just like I felt like this Christopher walking like urge over me, and we we felt like everything was was right in the
0: world." I can't remember a game in all seriousness where <laughs> one quarter has been such an outlier. Where, so I went back and I watched the game again on Sunday. Yeah. And it's right. we watch it again. was so shocking to me just to see, like, the beginning of the game, I know that we'll talk about Jack Plummer, we'll talk about the offense, but the defense is just dominating the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And, and we're all sitting here, we're like, damn, this defense looks like, you know, like they did sort of at the end of last year where nobody can get anything done on them. Like, this is, at least we've got this defense. We may win this game 6 to nothing, but I don't think these guys are going to score on us. And even on offense, like we are controlling, like Plummer's got all day to throw. There are large running lanes when we run the football. Like, like it's just a matter of stuff, you know, we'll get there. We just him being jittery and, and things not clicking. But we are controlling the line of scrimmage. The second quarter is the complete opposite. They, if you're watching just the line of scrimmage, they're getting a push on every single play on both sides of the ball. We completely lose the ability to tackle. We look like we're not giving maximum effort. It looks like it has at times over the last four years when things have been going poorly. And like Georgia Tech isn't doing anything really special. There are a lot of quick outs, a lot of straight run plays, a lot of read option stuff from Haynes King, and we are just not handling it at all. And so that was a big part of the reason going into half. I think why so many people were so pessimistic is, we weren't just down by two scores. We had gotten our asses kicked in that second quarter, and you're kind of like, man, I don't know if we're just not well conditioned. But whoever we were in that first quarter, it was the exact opposite in the second. And why should we believe that things are just going to flip on their heads in the in, in the, the second half? And then that's exactly what happened. Like we went, we looked for three quarters, we dominated in the trenches, we made all the big plays, we were the ones who were getting to their quarterback. They weren't getting to ours. And I just, I, I, I mean, the second quarter is just, if you just watched that second quarter, you would have been like, Georgia Tech wins this game by 50. Like, it, it was shocking how thoroughly they dominated us. You know, They had four scores in that quarter. The only other score they had in the entire game was their very last drive, which was you know kind of a desperation deal where you knew they needed a quick touchdown and then an onside kick. Um, i I can't recall a game like that where 75% of it is just, dominated by one team, and that other 25% isn't just like barely won by the other squad. It's dominated by that team. It was a very, very strange game, but didn't make me any less excited about it afterward. I mean, you could have all been avoided if you just watched a damn movie before the game. I watched enough. Movie, clearly. <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, saved the yeah. day. You're welcome. <laughs> I put on a sweatshirt at halftime, too.
2: <laughs> did you? Did you? Okay, good. Um, I mean, it's... It, it, and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong because, like I said, I, I was kind of I didn't get to thoroughly watch the the game the first half, and, and probably rightfully and luckily so for myself, as much as I wanted to. But I mean, when the, when the game starts, we just go like to the beginning. I mean, we get to we get the pressure, we get the interception. I mean, you got like me, you got me thinking this is just I mean, perfect, right? The stars yeah. are. Wrong. Oh yeah. I mean, we're at the thirty. I talked about it on the show on Friday. I felt like we were going to like hit them big over the top with something, you know, right up to right at the start. Deepens interceptions a pretty damn good version of that on on one side of the ball. I'm thinking we got a touchdown right here. I mean, this is like a, a Jordan run, a touchdown, and the fact that we weren't able to get in the end zone that drive, and then again later on, I mean, it was it was a little worrisome. I mean, it is, and obviously there's while there's reasons, all kinds of reasons to be excited for the way this game started. There's also reasons to be a little nervous. Not for Murray State, I hope, God forbid, but and maybe not as much Indiana, even though according to their Post game people, they held a lot back against Ohio State, to, not to show us too much. Um, but just going forward in general, with the way this with with the season with Jack Plummer quarterback. Okay, I, I have a, there's an abrupt ending there. Sorry. No, I'm so mad you didn't watch Suicide Kings so. though. I, well, I did.
0: <laughs> I think that. I think you'd like it. <laughs> The fact that this is a – it wasn't just an outlier-type game when it comes to the last few years. The fact that this was an all-time outlier game. We have not – Kelly Dickey, of course, has the stats. Of course he does. We were 3-135 in in games all-time when we trailed by more than 14 points at halftime going into Friday night. We're now 4-135. We had not accomplished this type of comeback since the the, the, the freshman Lamar Jackson game against Kentucky yeah. back in 2015 when Kyle Bowen starts. We're down 24-7 at halftime. They did and we're stormed back to win 38-24 uh, in, in 2015. So, like, clearly there's something that you can hang your hat on here. Jeff Brom, and I love the fact that he was able to, like, eloquently lay out exactly what they changed at the post-game press conference. It was such a, you know such a difference from what we've heard in, in other sports in recent years where it's like, oh, you've got to play harder. That was part of it. But he talked about, you know, we thought we were going to be able to do some things defensively that we just weren't able to do. And you can't be too stubborn in this game. And he was like, you know, we, we couldn't do the things that we thought we were going to be able to do against them. We changed it up, and it, clearly it worked in the second half. Like, halftime adjustments have been – and this is, again, it's not just a Scott Satterfield thing. It's a Bobby Petrino thing, too. If you look back at his biggest losses at UofL, a lot of them, like 2004 Miami, 2006 Rutgers, 2014 Florida State, a lot of those are games that were up 24-7, 21-3 in the first half or at halftime, and then they flip the script in the second half, and we just have no answer for it. He kind of just stares deer in the headlights on the sidelines until the game ends. So the fact that in game one, we're able to take a game and flip it on its head in the second half, I think is encouraging. Now, getting into that position, there, there were some discouraging things that happened for sure, but clearly you've got a team now where you have a coach who knows what he's doing, he can see things on the field and he can adjust accordingly, and you have a group of players that are willing to respond to him. I did love hearing the players all talk separately about, at least the ones that were made available to the media, about what happened at half. You know, Jeff is, just, I love the way he put it saying, I didn't exactly lift a whole lot of spirits at halftime. And you've got the, the video... Uh, after the game of him talking about how hard they played, he did say that at halftime, he said, if anybody doesn't play hard in the second half, you're not going to play the rest of the year. Like, you're done. It's over. And I enjoyed, you had, I think it was Destel uh, after the game was with Jack Plummer at the, in the media availability, and they asked, you know, what was said during half. And <laughs> you can tell that Destel about to answer the question honestly, and Jack Plummer's, like, shaking his head and muttering something like, you... <laughs> You need to not go into detail about what was actually said, which is a great. It's a a nice little leadership moment, and so he goes at halftime. Jeff Brom got us hyped, and then like he starts going into more. He's about to like lay it all out there, and Jack's like, no, 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 we're not. This is this is a generalities response here, and he goes, I ain't gonna lie, it was crazy. I felt like it felt like a dream. I felt like we were going to win regardless, and you know Brom clearly had some choice words, but again, it's one thing just to yell and scream with no purpose like anybody can do that the dude from that uh you know, the, the bs high school bishop sycamore he can do that the the difference is there's nothing behind those words you have to get players will only respond to that yelling and screaming and tearing down the walls if you have a message that resonates with them if you have a message that that they can understand and if they believe that if they listen to what you say and follow through on your plan it's going to work clearly that happened here and that's a very good sign for the future I I mean, coming out and playing as hard as we did in the second half, seeing Jack Plummer show some leadership and really settling down, seeing them simplify the game plan, because that to me was the biggest thing. was in, in the, At the start of the third quarter, it's not like Jack Plummer came out and was just like, let's let it rip, and was just hitting dudes in stride 45 yards down the sidelines on every throw. They really simplified stuff. They said, you know, we're going to throw a lot of quick screens, get the ball in, in the hands of playmakers. They utilized Jack Plummer in the – in in the run game a little bit too, which I thought was a kind of a something out of left field that George Tech was not prepared for. So I, like all of those things to me, huge positives. The biggest positive thing at all, and this is what we talked about all summer long, was just the fact that they found a way to win. I mean, you've seen how desperate I, we knew that this fan base was desperate for something that they could wrap their arms around, something tangible that they could say. I feel good about this, let's feel good about this for a few days, let's hang on to this feeling, we've been chasing it for a long time, and you saw exactly how desperate they were for this in the way that this win was responded to. Again, Georgia Tech, not a world beater, Louisville clearly did not play flawless football. For right now, and until this team takes the field against Murray State on Thursday, it doesn't matter. Louisville was the top training topic on, on Twitter on Friday night, Louisville was the lead in it on Center that night. Fans were up like late talking about how much they enjoyed this game. We have lost, we had lost four out of five season openers. We had not beaten a power conference team in a season opener since Purdue in 2017. It's been so long since these post-Labor Day vibes that we have right now have been this high. And again, I if you're a UK fan, you're listening, you like, it's just George it's George, George. It doesn't matter right now. They're in ball state. For all of us who've been so disappointed by so many things on the court. On the field, off the court, off the field, over the last three, four, five years—however long you want to push that back—this was an earned moment. It doesn't mean that we're going to win nine or ten games this year. It doesn't mean that this is going to be a fantastic. It doesn't mean that the Jeff Brom era is going to work out the way that we want it to work out. But for right now, it's enough.
2: I think I told you on Friday this was the this was the year that we 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 flipped the script on all the all the the bad mojo stuff, right? No, no, you know, winning a home, winning a, a season opener, you know, for the first time since whenever we, you mentioned, you know, I didn't think about it, but coming back from 14 down and, and doing that for the first time, you know, beating Georgia Tech for the first time, going down Atlanta and winning winning one of these kickoff games. I mean, this was, this was the beginning of it all. This, everything gets flipped. It all gets turned back around now. And I, and with the first half, I mean, I, one of the big things about the first half is it kind of, it did bug me a little bit, but I wouldn't say bug was that it, I don't know how much they changed the game plan offensively in the second half as much as they just executed a little bit better. Like, you, you saw them going for that short stuff early in the first half, but, you know, you had, you know, a, a pass at the feet of, of a running back who's wide open on a screen that would have gotten a first down in the first half. You've got, you know, a pass, you know, a. a a couple of missed – A third down, down wide open for, on – For just a second,
0: because I, I do want to – I think people want to hear us talk about Jack Plummer in the passing game, and I want to kind of start and, and lay the table out before we really jump into that and how it flipped. So let's go ahead – let's take our first break. All right. We want to hear from you guys on the Thornton Sex line, by the way, 502-414-1450. We get you guys mostly in hour number two. When we come back, I want to get hear TK's thoughts on, on Jack Plummer. What didn't go well at the beginning of the game, I think the panic that we all felt with, with the quarterback position and how we're feeling about him now – after that second half and, and what Jeff Brom the type of game that he and Brian called we'll get to that good bad all the in between coming up here in the next segment it's the Mike Rutherford Show celebrating a victory here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X Hey now
1: you're an all-star get your game on go play Hey now you're a rock star get the show on
2: Now wait till you get older, but the media man beg to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin, the water's getting warm.
0: Packerswings.com And in it retracts before
1: and back, and just like fashion, it's a passion full of with it and If you got the good they'll come in, buy it just.
0: Again, Mike the Show, Tuesday edition. It's really very sad to hear Steve Harwell, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, passing away yesterday at the age of, what, 56?
2: I think 56, 58 was somewhere around there, yeah. Very young, regardless. got him, and then, of course, I think it was was a Friday when we went off the air, we found out about Jimmy Buffett.
0: I I thought it was Saturday morning. Was it Saturday? Yeah. Well, I, so don't. so. At least that's what I found out.
2: Spoiler alert. We've got another Smash Mouth and some Jimmy Buffett today. So. Deserved. Yeah. It's Des- an, deserved honor here. I don't think it's Smash Mouth. I just can't help but think of the movie Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Rat Race. It's like a really, it's like a 90s ripoff of Mad Mad World, uh, which came out in the 70s, which was a pretty decent movie. But um, yeah, they're just like, they're like trying to get like these normal people racing to get like a million dollars from like this as, as uh, so a bunch of billionaires bet on to see who wins it. And they just end up somehow, like, coming up to the backstage on the stage with, like, Smash Mouth and this, like, big concert.
0: (laughs) Okay. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) On uh, a much more positive note, we have Cookey Lady Bobblehead's back. She's staring at me right now. She's she's back where she's supposed to be. She's winking. We got the win on the golf course, which means we got the win on the football field, and now we're going to keep winning. Uh, Before we went to break, we were starting to talk about Jack Plummer. I I think we need to get into it. So, I think there was a show, I think you were gone. It was one of the days I had Keith in here. And it was the, I think we had the conversation. I was like, my primary concern, this is when we were just like loading up on transfers. This is the heat of the, we're loading up on transfers. May have been back in like May or June. I was like, my primary concern is, what if we get to the actual season and we look at quarterback and it's, Plumber's the guy, and we're like, this guy's just, he's just not good enough. And in the first half of Friday night's game, it felt like that problem was, being realized, like that, that 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 it, worry was coming to fruition. The more the the game went on, the less it seemed like he was the guy, not just for that game, but for the rest of the season. In the first half, where was Trevor Kelsey on on Jack Plumber? Where was your concern level watching this guy play quarterback?
2: The, it was as much like, I mean, I, I guess I guess I kept the thing that kept my sanity was telling myself this is maybe hopefully a one year, just kind of one year holdover. Like the, the Justin Burke kept coming to my mind. Like you know, this is kind of our you know our 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 kind of our glue guy to hold us over until we maybe bring in the the. Well, that's the not a comforting thought. Is. For, for this I know season. it's not. <laughs>
0: that's not what I wanted to hear.
2: Now, in fairness, though, so, as much as you can be mad at Plumber, like I just I kept hoping that it was more just jitters than anything. Like, just you know, getting the nerves out. But I mean. When it was all said and done, to smoke clear despite the win. I'm thinking to myself, and we talked about this on Friday. Like I was texting you a little bit that, like I just I, I have this bad feeling he's going to cost us one game we're not supposed to lose at some point. This I can day. see that, and it was almost Friday, really. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say he would have cost us the game, but because the defense, I mean, obviously, you know, led to two long touchdowns, some bad angles on tackling, which were fixed in the second half, was a big thing. But you know, I, I could just see us being in a game, i.e., Virginia Tech or. You know, not maybe at Miami, but a home, maybe even a home game that we're not supposed to lose. That he just really struggles in accuracy wise, and we it it costs us. I just
0: have a bad feeling that's going to happen. Yeah, I think the reason why I was so worried in the first half on Friday was you, you bring this guy in. He had fine numbers at Cal. Yeah, he got benched a couple of times at Purdue. And so you're like, you know, he wasn't one of the bigger names available in the transfer portal. Of the quarterback
2: he position. got benched for Ray McConnell, who's now maybe supposed to be the best quarterback in, in in NFC West. Right, but
0: so. you know, still got bench,
2: <laughs> got bench twice.
0: Yes. So <laughs> by by his new head coach again. So you, you're like, okay, like, like this this can work, but it's not like we went out and landed one of the five or six most highly touted quarterbacks in the transfer portal. No, but the big thing that you told yourself, or at least the big thing that I told myself, was he's got familiarity with Jeff Brom's offense. And we all know like, with Brom, it's a lot like Petrino, where the Petrino guys would always say, "You don't have to be the best quarterback in the world." I mean, look at the numbers Brian put up. Good, he's Guy sucks. Hey, don't touch the announcers. They were <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> joking. I <love> it, Brian. <laughs> he's a but, legend. Yeah, you know, they would say, you know, you don't have to be the greatest quarterback in the world, but if you understand the offense, you know where the ball is supposed to be and when it's supposed to be there, and you can do that simple thing accurately, you're going to put up monster numbers. And so that's what you had with Jack Plummer. We thought we'd gone out and we would gotten the weapons that he needed to surround himself with. We knew we had the good running backs, and we're like, if he just can make quick decisions, make accurate decisions, and get the ball there quickly and accurately, we're gonna be fine. Things are gonna go well. And that was the the big problem in the first half. It wasn't that he was, you know, under a ton of pressure like he was at Cal, or that he was throwing into double coverage or misfiring on open guys downfield. It was that he had guys wide open on these simple routes, and he just wasn't seeing them. And then when he was seeing them, he was seeing them a second or two too late. And that was, I mean... Now we're wide open. Some more, but they were still bad throws. Oh, there were – yeah, but there were sometimes <clears throat> there was one he had, going
2: across the middle where he throws it in front of him. The guy's getting twenty yards. He throws it behind him and get an incomplete pass. There were there were yeah.
0: several like that, and there were more where he had guys in the flats or he had guys on crossing oh, routes yeah. with no one around him and just didn't see them. Yeah, and instead took a shot. You know, fifteen or twenty yards downfield. I mean the the third throw, the first throw in the end zone on the first drive. He's got. A, a, a guy underneath i think it was coleman wide open with nobody around him if he just makes this simple little pitch and catch it's a touchdown and says so he, he goes for the end zone with callaway and it doesn't work out well like that was super concerning the fact that he didn't seem like he had a, the grasp of the offense now after the game jeff Brom said it, it was simply i, don't, I mean jitters I, It makes it seem like he was just scared I think it was more. He says he gets too revved up. Like he, he's a guy who practices well because he plays free and loose, and he he has this grasp. But he's a guy who wants to win so badly, who cares so much about his teammates, and who knows? Like this is his last year of college football. This is the last chance he has to make a big name for himself. And he got himself so worked up that his mind was just you know it, it wasn't he, his mind and his body weren't working well together. And wh- I think we saw what he was capable of in the second half. He settled down. They simplified things, and then when he was settled in. He started making some of the throws that we were expecting him to throw. But the that first half is it's an issue. I really liked the start of the second half. They run the reverse, and they let Plummer get out there and throw a block. It wasn't a great block. I know the announcers were making a big deal about it. because Anytime a quarterback comes near <laughs> a defensive player on a reverse or something, they're like, look at this block. I'm like, well, it was 17 yards away from the play, and he barely touched him, but okay. But you know what it it reminded me of? I don't know if this is a very niche UFL football fan thing. Back in the first game of 06, when we blasted Kentucky, a.k.a. the Michael Bush game, Brian was coming off of of a bad injury that that ended his 2005 season. Hunter Hunter Cantwell takes over. We go to the Gator Bowl. Hunter almost dies. But, you know, Hunter plays, I think, the last three games for us. It was the first time that Brian had ever dealt with a very significant football-related injury. And I remember Petrino talking that summer about, you know, he's kind of, he's still tentative. He, he's kind of thinking about getting hit. And so, what Bobby did, everyone thinks that that Michael Bush touchdown run was the first play of the game. It wasn't. The, the first play of that game, they ran a reverse to Harry Douglas. And they let Brian get out there and initiate his first contact back on the field. You know, you, you're going to get hit. It's football. Why not be the person who delivers the blow? And it was kind of like the Jack Plummer thing, where it wasn't a gigantic hit, but he saw a guy, he was able to block him. And he felt the contact, and he didn't get hurt, and I think it really settled him down. It was a smart thing for Petrino to do, and I think Jeff did the exact same thing to start the second half with Plummer. Let him get out there, let him control something, let him initiate the contact, let him get like he's a, a full-on feel for the game. And they ran a couple of design runs with him, too, that I think helped. And, and Plummer, look, his desire to win was on full display on those runs. He wasn't sliding anywhere. Like he, he was taking contact, he was diving forward, he was going for every extra yard that he could get, and I think they did a real smart thing too, where it was just like, let's throw these quick outs to Jamari Thrash. Let's let you see with your own eyes what these guys are capable of doing if you just do the simple thing. Kevin Coleman, one on one with a guy, beats him to the goal line. Jamari Thrash, making dudes miss. At one point in time, I think that Plummer had like 165 yards of passing, and 125 of those yards were yards after the catch. Like, that's what this offense is capable of. We, I mean, I think we thought that we had a stable of dudes. We know that for sure now. Was this longest throw the touchdown pass? The to thrash, I think. It, in terms of like ball like, in the air, yeah, ball in the air had yeah. to have been. Well, the Kevin Coleman, which he underthrew. Oh yeah, which he underthrew. Yeah, that's and right. if he gets, you know, he, he throws it perfectly, it's a touchdown. Probably he yeah. was under a little bit of heat, but if he can't step yeah. into that one and
2: get the, get it there, it's He was I think also sliding across the other side of the field. A little bit he was kind of rotating. But yeah, yeah, but but, but I think
0: that you know, I
2: agree. Yeah, there's
0: we're making excuses for it, but yeah, thrash those two Coleman yeah. Bell. Huggins-Bruce, Callaway, and then the backfield, all three running backs looked good when they had their chances. Like, you've got – this is a classic case of feed the studs. Wow. Every U UofL fan is F- going to bring F- that FTS. back in the lexicon this year. You know it's true, though. I mean, we all wanted this to be the case. It is. We have the weapons that we have been so desperately lacking the last couple of years. Like, we just have not – we didn't have ever, ever since Tutu graduated. We haven't had a guy on the edge that you can be like, just get the ball in his hands. He's going to make guys miss. And Thrash, every time he had the ball in his hands on Friday night, he was making multiple guys miss. Coleman, I mean, I, I wrote this in the, the postgame thing. You know, we've, we didn't have a guy. I know Tyler Hudson was good last year, but we didn't have a guy that you felt like in a first and 10 on the 13-yard line or first and goal from the nine, if you just get it out to him around the 10-yard line, get the ball in his hands, and he's one-on-one with the dude, he's going to win that individual battle and get to the goal line. We haven't had a guy like that in a long time. Coleman did that right out of the gate. And that's why we're all so excited about him. Like, if Plummer can, because, I mean, this is a six-year college player. We shouldn't be talking about him having jitters or or getting too amped up or just, you know, the the game moving a little too fast for him. He should be ready to go at this point. If that's going to be a consistent concern, then I'm I'm worried. If he can do the simple things, we should be good enough as an offense to beat most teams on our schedule. I, I think that you're right. When I think we're gonna look back at this season and say there's probably one game where he's just not good enough for us to win, or we have a chance. Everybody else is doing their thing and he just doesn't have the goods. Yeah, misses too many one one too many throws. Yeah, you know, in the wrong time. Yeah. You know he doesn't handle pressure well because I mean look the offensive line was tremendous. We haven't talked about that yet. There are going to be games where we play much much better defensive fronts and they're going to get to Jack a little bit and we'll see how he handles that. But my goodness, we have we have dudes all over the field. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I mean, a plumber side, I'm think I'm feeling my, my, our, our having 2,000 receivers is my bold prediction might be my best one I've made. I mean, I, it's not, I don't think it's crazy to think that, especially a plumber can play at least semi consistently with the way we have Thrash and Coleman on the outside. I mean, you talk about 2 2. I mean, how long has it been since, I mean, we've had two 2 2s. I mean, we've had, we've had one, the one 2 2, the one playmaker. We've got multiple playmakers on the outside between thrash I and mean, Even Even Be- your boy Bell, Huggins Bruce, made a nice couple, nice play uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a little underneath pass. I know he didn't have a lot of catches, but he had the one where he made a nice little movement and got like eight, nine yards it out of, on like a second, second and long. I mean, it just the, Turner, Jefferson, I mean, Jordan. I mean, yes. The weapons are all around Plumbers. It's just a matter of whether we can get the, the ball to them in the right places. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of that also depends on, I think, the confidence level that we have in that happening. As much as we want to believe that Jack Plummer is the guy, like it also stems with Jeff Brom. Like, we saw that with Plummer struggling, he still found ways. He still came up with a, a game plan to make sure that the offense could be explosive. And then when Plummer was settled in and was able to start making throws, they expanded things a little bit. But you know, if he has to dumb it down, he has to dumb it down. I mean,
2: Plummer's not about – listen, if you – here's the thing. This is TJ. TJ's we joke with TJ when we talk about basketball. It's kind of a reason why you're six year you're you're in your six year college college sports. I mean you're I'm not saying you're bad, but if you were that good, you'd have already gone to the pros. And Plummer is a solid quarterback, but he is you know, he's he's again he's in a six year college football because you know he's good enough to be a good a solid college football quarterback, he's probably not good enough to be a pro. And that's just kind of where we're at right now with him. And I I think with the weapons around him, if we had less weapons around him, I'd be more worried. But with the weapons around, we have them, with my trust in Braum, and with this this schedule in general. Even though I wouldn't mind having Clemson back on. I told you I wanted to keep Clemson on the schedule. Uh, I mean, this. I still think this – I'm dropping my nine to eight wins because I'm, I'm chalking up one of those like, – I went from three to four losses because of what I just mentioned earlier with Plummer. I feel like one of those games I I, I chalked this for a win. I think it's going to up costing us maybe in some way or another, but – it's still, I mean, I, 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 there's no reason for you not to be just overly excited, pants exploding, backflips, just, just ear to ear grinning, despite the way the second quarter went and the Louisville's win last night. Because I even said to you on Friday, Satterfield doesn't win this game on Friday night. We probably lose this game thirty five, thirty eight to, to twenty, on, uh, and, and with Satterfield coaching, even though Cincinnati did win,
0: we're sixty six points. Yeah,
2: I mean, How I was just. That? I just the I know that winning this game in a blowout would have been awesome, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have turned that down. But I don't know is it I don't know something about it the the fact that we were able to come back from the way we were. I first, agree. That made it
0: almost feel even more special. Sure. Yeah, you know, we had this like I said at, at the onset, we had this "here we go again" mentality. And how many times? Every time in the last like four or five years, again, whether we're talking men's basketball or football, when we've had that "here we go again" feeling. It's wound up being a here-we-go-again type situation. Where we've we, You and I have had to come in here, swallow it, and be like, here, let's read angry text and let's rant and rave about how... And we had it again. And for the first time in so long, it was this just total role reversal. Like I almost, I, I'm with you. Would I feel more confident about the rest of the season if we had blasted Georgia Tech? Sure. But the win almost felt better Friday night because of the way in which it, no. it unfolded. And it was almost like we needed this just... Now we get to blow up Murray State, hopefully. Though. Yeah, we, we should. Yeah. We, we'll talk more about that. have I'm, I'm just saying, we, we, we need that. But like we needed this, I think, being brought to the edge, being brought to the precipice of disaster again, and then to be pulled back in to just feel like this is going to be okay. This is going to be good. The, the other thing about the offense, the offensive line deserves more than just a throwaway comment. For Only the third time since 1980 that a Louisville offensive line has not allowed a tackle for a loss in a game.
2: That's insane.
0: You've got the play, the, the Jawar Jordan, the late touchdown on that play. Eric Miller, the the transfer from uh, from Purdue, who did really well at, at tackle, played really well. He and, and Willie Tyler both Manning being the bookends of that offensive line were, were great. Miller takes out like three guys in that play. If you watch, like he drills the first dude, knocks him back, gets like a second guy, and like basically runs those two guys into a third man. It's a hell of a individual effort. Like he was terrific. If there are it was huge in my fantasy football team too. By the way. If I've got... No. I started Jordan, I needed to that touchdown run. I was like, yeah, you want me to give me six points, like 15, right like that. If I have three concerns, outside of, of Jack Plummer's play early on for this game, one of them is, as good as the offensive line was, we only played five guys. We had no substitutions. I know Jeff talked about he wanted... They were hoping they could run more guys in and out of there. We know that dudes get dinged up in the trenches... Every year on pretty much every team, like we're going to have at least a few games. Like best case scenarios, you have an offensive lineman or two miss one or two games, right? Worst case scenarios, you have multiple guys out for the year at some point. So the fact that we didn't have that much confidence in any of our backups is a a little concerning to me. But man, that starting five was so good all night long. Two, the tight ends. We had you know Jeff Brom loves utilizing tight ends. We had no tight ends. Make a catch. Now we should have had. We didn't even target it, did we? Well, we had. uh, What's his name? Wide open in the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. That was. I think that was the only close to a tight end target we saw all night, right? Uh, now Nate Kuriski uh was wide open and the the official basically was playing defense on him, but still I know that was kind of that was kind of weird though like the way the, the, the you could tell like, everyone was like what's Jack Club waiting I was like I think he's waiting for the referee to get out of the way but when then they the, show the, the worst part
2: about it was it was like another player in the game where if he would thrown it like a little bit more to the right the referee wouldn't have been a matter right, he threw right. it kind of towards the ref and
0: when I mean, he turned around he hit the ref and yeah now so so you had no catches for tight ends okay. and. Nate Karisky and Josh Lifson were the ones who played the most snaps. Gatewood and Jamari Johnson. I, I don't know if Gatewood he ended, ended up getting I, in, not that an offensive play. But pro football focus, you know, they grade out every single player and, and they do have these grades. The two lowest graded players on either side of the ball for Louisville, the lowest graded was uh, Karisky. The second lowest graded was Lifson. Like they mm-hmm. did not have great blocking games. I think that's a – I mean, we knew it was a concern coming into this. Yeah, it was it feels like question mark. I mean, it should be. It, it feels like more of a concern after the game as well. And I, I think, you know. Hopefully Jamari Johnson develops into a guy, we know he's talented, who can help us in this season. Maybe Joey Gatewood can be that guy too. He's just learning how to play tight end still. Uh, we'll find out as time goes on. But this will be a, like, Thursday night. I know you know you feel like you don't learn a lot from these games sometimes. I think getting those guys some reps and seeing what they can do in actual game speed uh, will be beneficial. My third concern has been a concern with Jeff Brom teams elsewhere. The time untimely penalties. I think we had seven. George Tech only had two, which I roll all, all the eye rolls. There. Yeah,
2: yeah. How they didn't get a, how they didn't get one when they tackled our guy twelve yards out of bounds. He, he, riding
0: him like halfway, I was like, he's like almost at the. He water horse recovers. collared him. I was like,
2: I was like is this a, a, an absolute joke? I, that baffled me. I had to rewind that when I'm like, wait, even announcers like, okay.
0: Like, I had my <laughs> first official Mike Rutherford freak out of the season. Like I, I, I was pissed off about that. But then I think it was either the next play or two plays later when we had the the, the ball to Thrash in the, in the left corner and they just like pulled him down and I thought for a second there they were, weren't gonna throw yeah. it. like there were no flags in view and Thrash has his arms up like I like squealed the kids are like asleep I almost had to go for a drive I was like I, I was like I, I'm gonna have to leave they don't throw a flag here I'm leaving the house I can't take this I didn't think they were going to throw it either. I didn't either I was dying you, you
2: can see in the replay he grabs his arm and like pulls I'm like.
0: <laughs> what I do? I was so upset in that moment. Oh yeah, but Thankfully, when the got guy fake the slides
2: and we 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 come near his face mask on a on attack our guy gets thrown out of. The field. I do want to talk about
0: that too. I know I that know. was no. But the penalties were, there were a couple that were legitimate and they came at very very bad times. That needs to get cleaned up. The I mean, let's talk about the Ben Perry ejection because first of all, we get so excited. You know, we spent all Friday talking about. We've been waiting, counting down the months and the weeks and the days and the hours until football. The seemingly endless offseason has finally come to a close, and then you get like five minutes of action and then fifteen minutes of del- of, of reviews. I'm like, I have friends that are, like, they love Louisville, but they they like don't like college football that much. And in our text group, they're like, "This is they're like every year I get excited for this, and every year I'm quickly reminded about why I don't like this sport at all. This is so annoying." What game was that
2: last year that that happened to us? Every for- game. No, there, was- <laughs> there was one game where, like, the second play of the game, our star linebacker got thrown out. Uh, I was thinking CJ Avery is one
0: he got happened, tossed. Yeah, it's it's yeah. happened a few times, but so they have the review. The first play was a ridiculous review. Nothing yeah. happens. The second play, I mean, I guess by the letter of the law is targeting, but I don't know what you want defensive players to do if he's, if a quarterback's going to give themselves up that late in the play. I mean,
2: I thought you, th- I thought we had the Max Duggan rule now. I think when that what that whole thing was about last year. Well, you can't fake it. With the whole, that's but but you can't. But if you're going to go sliding so late like he did then you can't be held responsible. When, That's the thing. Like, yeah. I,
0: I don't know what a defensive player is supposed to do there. I mean, you're not 100% sure that he's going to slide. You start your your, your, your act of tackling. You're already lean, like lunging forward. There's nothing you can do yeah. when he starts to go down at that point. like, Should you assume that he's going to slide and just stop playing? Like, I, th- There's nothing that Ben Perry could have done better in that situation, and it's one of those deals where I get – I get why you have the rule. I get that you're trying to make the game safer, but it's not fair at all to the defensive players. And there's there's got to be something done about that because we lose Perry early on, and you know Antonio Watts ended up having a good game. He struggled, I thought, a lot the first couple series that he was in. And Perry, I mean, being without him, I thought that was going to be one of those things where we look back and we're like, this is what may have lost us the game because he's a fantastic player at one of the most important positions on the field.
2: I mean, it's, it's, it's when you're doing a replay. I mean, I get if you want to go to a replay because everything's happening so bang bang fast. But if you're in a replay and you can see in the replay, it's not hard to tell that a player is initiating a tackle before the slide is is attempted. Then that can't be. Then you can't be. You can't accuse him of targeting, right? You would think? And it was It was obvious he was in the
0: process of ju- diving towards the man before he started going down. I do think there should be a rule like that, where if you can review and see that he started his act of tackling
2: before the
0: before the, the yeah the, the, the slide was initiated. I mean, then- it's, the rule then it shouldn't, have. And, and that's not just for slides. Like I feel like there are times where we, I've seen times in, in recent games. I think we've had, even had a guy that, where this has happened, where a guy has started to go tackle a player, and a receiver has like jumped forward for the first down marker, or just like been tripped up and gone down, and then there's helmet to helmet contact because of that, or shoulder to helmet contact, and like that's sh- I, mean, I feel like that shouldn't be targeting either. You're not j- you're not head hunting, which is what they're trying to outlaw with this rule. I mean, it just—I felt terrible for Ben. I know he was—he was clearly upset. I did like—I do like the fact now that they haven't forced players to leave the sidelines, which always felt like such an unnecessary. They like police no. escorts <laughs> back into the locker room. It's like because he like tackled somebody in the head. He's going like—he's got a knife. He's going after the whole. Like, what do you think we they're going to do? Scrim- we don't
2: want a player running on the court. I mean, it theory, just, I mean, it
0: always seems like why can't they just watch the game on the sidelines? I did like seeing Ben Perry. He was still very into the game. He was very. Um, you know, he he was going nuts on a couple of the late plays. You saw him on the sidelines; like that was very cool to see. I like how they didn't
2: go to one more replay the rest of the game on a quarterback hit. And every time the quarterback got hit on a scramble, the announcers were like, "Well, he wasn't he wasn't in diving motion yet." Like, are you just trying to defend the refs over here or something as best you can?
0: There also was a pretty <laughs> textbook targeting hit on Jack Plummer. Oh, yeah. did not get called. Yeah. Of course it didn't. But that, that was annoying. The refs. We can talk more about the refs a little bit later. because they. Hey, yeah, were... you're not going to call them,
2: I say let it, let it go and not call them. If you're going to call one, I mean, just, just – if you're going to make me separate Call the
0: obvious one if you're going to yeah. call any of them. All right. Thornton text lines 502-414-1450. I can see you guys have already loaded it up. We want to get to your thoughts on, on this game. Uh, you know – we're we're nitpicking here and there are certainly you don't have to really nitpick when it's a you know, a game where that many mistakes were made that were a solid amount of mistakes i mean jeff Brom almost seemed he wasn't disappointed but he certainly every time that he talked to the media whether it was immediately after the game or post-game press conference he certainly made it a point to say that like we weren't good enough in this game like i'm disappointed by some things that we have to get cleaned up which made me happy like like if you're just going to be overly enthusiastic just because you got this first one out of the way and it was all the nerves about coming back to Louisville and all this stuff, that's one thing. But he has higher aspirations. I like the fact that he was not willing to to run from the fact that like Louisville could have easily lost this game. There were a number of times where you know we were we were right there on the brink of having what would have been a total gut punch season opening loss to Georgia Tech. So we'll take some texts after the break. 502 414 1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. We are more celebratory, though, than nitpicky here after the UFL's 39 34 win Friday night. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96 1 The Big X. If you follow that, be out tomorrow, but the off you might
2: as well be walking on the sun.
1: I thought love was only true in fairy tales Meant for someone else but not for me
2: Love was out to get me That's the way it seemed We're back in 4 o'clock out my Take it away,
0: Jeff. And, and then,
2: then I we I got Jeff Ross <laughs> Now we're the Believers Winning games. We didn't think we could. We got Brom. We brought Brian. That's okay. We still got Jeff. <laughs>
0: it's even better than I thought it was going to get. Four got a plan. <laughs> Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition celebrating Friday night's win over Georgia Tech in the AFLAC kickoff game down there in Did May. you get the AFLAC tribute question right? What was the What was the question?
2: Uh, can you name the only five schools that don't you have university in their name? Oh God! Five division of uh, football programs, assuming because there was there was like I, was like, I don't oh, want to play right now. We got too much to talk about. It's so. Georgia Tech, Boston College, Air Force, Army, and Navy. Oh, yeah, awesome. I don't know why I've not memorized
0: after watching it well a few times. This weekend, though, not just about U of o football. A pretty monster weekend across the board for for Cardinal teams. Uh, football day takes down Georgia Tech. Volleyball. Won the Missouri Invitational. They swept Missouri in their last match to take the damn thing home. Field hockey takes out another top-ten team in Princeton and then beat Penn on Sunday. Men's soccer wins at UNC Greensboro. Volleyball, uh, again, three matches in three days. Women's soccer gets their first win. They beat Central Michigan 3-0. No losses across the board, no ties. Every UofL team that competed over the weekend on Labor Day weekend came out victorious. We've got volleyball now up to number two in the country as they get ready for a big week. They'll play at Dayton tomorrow and then a nationally televised match at home against Penn State on Sunday. Men's soccer, still unbeaten, number 13. They've got a big one tonight. If you are looking for something to do, you've got the sports thirst. Tonight at eight o'clock, out there at Lynn Stadium, U of L soccer hosting Kentucky, who is the preseason number two team in the country. I think they've been beaten already once, so they've dropped a little bit. They're still a top 10 team. That's going to be an 8 o'clock kickoff. If you can't make it out there, it will be televised on the ACC Network tonight. Field hockey is up to number 5 in the country. Hope YouTube TV gets ACC Network. Hope it, hope it does. I don't want to call out the field hockey pollsters, but somehow UofL Field Hockey is 4-0, number 5 in the country. And then Northwestern, who they beat at Northwestern, is number 3. That doesn't make any sense. What are we doing here? I'm calling out the field hockey coaches who vote. You all are ridiculous. Suck it. Come on, field hockey, get it together, man! But again, U of L sports across the board, big time weekend, and then a very exciting start to the week tonight. Oh, it's all coming together with U of L men's soccer hosting UK. I think we've lost them like two or three years in a row. UK men's soccer is basically ever since Ken Lola hung it up. UK has moved ahead of Louisville in the local men's soccer yes, hierarchy. But that was before Friday when everything was turned around. And I think that you know tonight is a nice little night to to shake that up a bit and and get going. So we're excited about that. Obviously, we've been talking mostly about the UFL football game on Friday night. I've got one last thought before we turned over the text line. The three biggest plays of the game Friday night. I think the first two are obvious. the The biggest play in my mind was the Death fumble, where you know we get the we look like we're in good shape. Ashton Galate, who was held all night but still very disruptive, records the sack, the one handed sack but we get a Quincy Riley defensive holding call, which was eh, iffy at best. He was beaten, but I I thought the the clutch and grab there, you can call that on 90% of plays. So then Carl Shepard, all of a sudden George Tech's driving, and they're already in field goal range. It's a one-point game at this point. Destel, beautiful swim move to get the inside movement, just drills a sitting duck in Haynes King, knocks the ball loose. I think TJ Quinn recovered. I can't remember who recovered him. Regardless. Whoever it was, I'm glad he didn't try to pick it up and run. He just just knew to ball. Possession's everything at that that point. Exactly. So we get the ball back. I think my third most important play of the game is what happened right after that. The Jawar Jordan 76-yard sprint, which was wonderful. The second most important play, I thought. Second half, we're driving. The game still kind of feels like it's gotten away from us a little bit. When we go for it on fourth and four, that was the... It was a simple pitch and catch. Like Jack makes a... Wide open read gets out there to I think uh, Jamari Thrash pick up the first down move the chains. If we don't make that play, I feel like the game goes completely differently. I I feel like the Plumber never really gets settled. Uh, the offense continues to be be flustered. Like that was a huge moment in that game. When we went for the fourth down. We had to get points in that on that drive. We ended up getting those points, and I think that really just calmed everything down. But I thought those three plays just stood out in terms of the difference makers. And if one of them goes uh, differently, especially. The first two we talked about, then the final result could have been very different, but thankfully it wasn't.
2: Yeah, um, uh, the only thing I would put in that in there maybe would be the, and it doesn't doesn't have impact like the other ones I think does. But the Coleman touchdown in the first half when we cut to fourteen thirteen—that was a big play. The, the only reason I put it on there is because if we don't get that touchdown. I mean, for all we know, we're settling for another field goal. Like it was just it was just breaking that plane of the of the of the end zone. I hope you know, know it was a mental thing or not, but. That that was I thought that was big to get in the end zone just, just to get a touchdown. I had to set up for a, th- a goal three for three on field goals. Which by the way, kickers are back, baby.
0: Brock, ooh, Brocks are so hot in the Louisville football program. We've never had a bad Brock here. Doman better than we ever thought. Uh, Brock Bolin was a beast, and now Brock Travelstead, the recently named ACC Specialist of the Week, four for four on field goals had four. Punts for uh, 46.2 yards. Uh, he kicked the hell out of the ball the first couple of times and also handled place-kicking duties. They weren't scrub kicks. I mean, they were all over 30, right? He's crushing it. He's, he's, he's great. James Turner, by the way, at Michigan, don't know if you saw this, missed an extra point and a field goal for Michigan. Oh, so, Suck it, Turner. Now, there was, I mean, <laughs> we made light of it, but last year I had the, I think my, my hot kicker scoop was that Brock Travelstead was leading the, the, the race to be the starting kicker with James Turner last summer. And then he got hurt, and Turner ended up getting the job sort of by default and, and never gave it up. He had a good year. He deserved to be the, the kicker. But travelstead. it's not like he was a some scrub back there. I think that's why you, Jeff felt confident in not having to go out and get another transfer kicker. So props to Brock, ACC Specialist of the Week. We know how much the ACC hates giving us individual uh, awards. So you got to really earn it, and he definitely earned it. All right, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll, we'll get some text from you guys. Oh, they do
2: hate us, don't they? They hate us so much.
0: Them and the rest both. Texas referencing my text from Friday, Trevor, did you ever cut the cord? Also mission accomplished. I did get food and I didn't get hammered. Go cards.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't I cut the cord like per se, but I mean I did I, I did sign up for the twenty two days of free trial run for YouTube TV, so Spectrum. The balls in your court, buddy. Do something, Spectrum. Where's and pol- on top of it, portfolio on this. And on top of it, I'm flipping through the channels, and I I, I know not to stop on like my ESPNs anymore because it's just like you know there's no reason to. But I'm flipping through, and I don't remember what movie it was last night that was on, and I was like, it's on FXM or something. I was like, ooh, I'll stop on this, and apparently it's part of the Disney Network. Oh. I'm like, you you you've gotten after my FX too.
0: Like what the hell, man? It's like spreading. I saw they all like went blank at the same time for. Other people a couple days ago, like like all like even like some of the networks that had been up, were, were, were just gone.
2: I mean, am I gonna get on there one day and it's like all my channels are just like sorry. It was like we're heading that way. And then I love it. Dude. Then I flipped the next channel. The
0: first thing it gets like a Spectrum commercial talking about how great their service is. I did feel like, like <laughs> it's so annoying. I mean, timing. I did feel bad. So many people, I guess, didn't realize that just like don't watch the Spectrum channels that were blacked out a lot. Who didn't realize going into Friday? Like my my father in law was like, I guess I can't watch the game. And, but he was watching the Reds. The Reds, the whole game flipped when Noel and Marte hit a walk-off against the Cubs. Right from that point forward, like that's when all the good vibes started happening. Well, of course. I flipped over half after just to watch the end. I was like, okay, at least something good happened tonight. And then L picked it up. Texas, you know what's funny? We haven't heard anything about Louisville Live this season. I don't think it will happen because KP struck out last year. Can we not do this? I mean, we talked about this last week, right? We talked about it multiple times. We keep getting texts. Like, yeah. it, there's nothing out there. My understanding is it's not happening. I mean, did he? Is there, is there is there a legitimate reason why,
2: or they just just don't want to like go through the embarrassment of being booed at their own Louisville Live?
0: Do you think Kenny Payne would get booed at Louisville Live? Surely not. I, I don't know. The people who are going to go out to Louisville Live are not the people who are so upset. I would like that to date. that. he would. They, he would not get booed. I've seen some people say that he would. There might be a couple of people, but it wouldn't be like a chorus of boos hmm. raining down. Because people that are going out there are the diehards. See? Oh yeah, that's true. You could lose every game for seventeen straight years. But you you could say the same. You could say the same thing
2: about a, a you know an actual game itself, and I wouldn't be surprised if this season starts anything like last season if you don't hear little boo birds out well, there. Well, yeah,
0: Chris Mack got booed a few years ago.
2: Yeah, I know you're anti-boo though. Well, I guess for the coaches you don't care. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I prefer not to, but I also understand
2: it. Well, for the kids, are professionals now, so we can boo them, right?
0: Sure, boo away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to, but you, you, I never tell you how to fan. Texas says, damn, it feels good to talk about a win like that on the show today. This is the best group of offensive skill players that I've seen L have. If not the best, it's definitely the deepest. Outside of a bad quarter of football, I feel great about the team overall. That was the thing. Like Even when we were losing, and it wasn't a certainty that we were going to win, I was like, if nothing else, like we've got guys. Like You know, you never know for sure. I mean, we saw Jamari Thrash's tape. We saw the, the accolades that he was getting from people who watched him play at Georgia State. We, we, I mean, we knew Kevin Coleman was a big-time recruit who was the Conference freshman of the year at Jackson State last year. When by the way, we now know Deion Sanders is pretty good at what he does. Um his, well, Dunhart, his kid and Travis Hunter are both pretty good players. Both, both pretty good, but both, Coleman but, was pretty, very pretty good decent. for them. Yeah. Coleman was very good for them as well. And you know, it's one thing to hear about it, to actually see it on the field on on Friday was it was eye opening. And Chris Bell, yeah. I mean, they were raving about him on the broadcast, deservedly so. We know Marty Huggins Bruce can play. Um you know, we we they Callaway was my fr- First player this year in the doghouse because he drops that pass early on, which I do think, I think that this was his only drop though, wasn't it? It was, but he, he, you know, it was like the first throw. Yeah. And I do think we, we had all, all systems firing at that point. I do think if he just makes that simple catch, we score a touchdown and maybe Plumber you know, the Jitters don't take over at any point. And then on the it was a bad decision by by Jack to throw the ball in the end zone to him on the third down play on that same drive. But it's one of those where he'd beaten the guy. The guy is is stare is running at him. Has no idea where the ball is. If you just stop and go back to the ball, you're getting a pass interference call every single time. And he kind of just like let the play happen. He just sort of like kept drifting back and and then reaching for the ball and let the guy make a quote unquote really good play. Like that drove me crazy. And then the other thing was he gets the, on third and one, where we're running a straight dive to pick up the first down in the second half, he gets a false start penalty at wide receiver, which just cannot happen. Like just don't do any, all you have to do is do nothing. He well, he was in penalty. motion,
2: wasn't he? I think. I don't
0: know. I think he just jumped. somebody was
2: in motion. I may not have been him, but well, somebody, somebody went in motion every yeah. play.
0: But he he all he had to do was stand there on that play, and he he did not. Yeah, and wide was. receivers getting false starts is. Pretty I unique. was upset, but it's pretty inexcusable to. You know. But even there, you can see why they were trying to get the ball in his the hands. They ran that, which I really like. We did it a couple times. We did it with Thrash, and we did it with Callaway twice, where you bring the wide receiver in motion. He goes in the backfield and ends up taking the handoff. And he had a couple of nice runs on, on good calls that way. And I think he ended up making a couple of catches too. So you can see why they like him. But just early on, I was like, oof, this guy needs to step it up a little bit. Texas says, halftime adjustments. My God, the adjustments. I forgot what those were like. <laughs> it did feel so good. It felt so good to see those on, on full display. Um, I, and I like the fact that he like, talked about it after the game. He wasn't just like, oh, well, you know, we, 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 we tinkered some things. He talked about exactly what the defense did, which was wonderful. Texture says, all great vibes today. Happy birthday to Virginia. The Cards are 1 0 in football. Volleyball's killing it. Field hockey's crushing it. Soccer's 3 0. Baseball's coming back strong. Women's B ball's always good. Men's B ball, well, how about all those other things on the list? This could be a basketball free zone for a little bit. At least for the rest of the week, right? Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, we we got celebrating today. We got preview tomorrow. Preview on Thursday a little bit. More, more preview on Thursday. Tomorrow. More preview. Yeah, tomorrow gonna be wacky. Wednesday, we can just talk about goopy stuff. I still got. I still got to do the initial drone flight. Um, the Friday ACT. And then yeah, Friday we got ACT preview. And I guess we can't talk about what we can talk about the experience, but we don't get scores until
0: a few weeks, right? What do you mean? My, well, it would be. Oh a, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, we do have to mention. I guess we should mention. In the middle of the game, we found out that the. Nolan Smith did not get the G League job that he interviewed for. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> they gave it to the one who'd already been a G League coach, and they went to the guy who was the LSU. Who, the only other candidate in the article, yeah. Who,
0: again, for all the people who are like doubt, like that interview was, the, the, that report was BS. Like, well, he clearly named the other guy who was the candidate for it, and he definitely interviewed because he got the job. So, <laughs> I did, like that happened in the very middle of the game. I was like, not now, go goes. So I'm like, well, I'm like, we can't deal with this. I can't deal with Nolan Smith news in the middle of the Louisville Georgia Tech game. I do think it's interesting we've got we've heard nothing from Nolan since this whole thing happened. Uh, we've heard nothing from Kenny Payne about it since this whole thing happened. Does that really surprise you? My guess is that we're never going to hear anything. Ne-
2: do we ever hear anything from either? I mean, I mean, I guess we'll sometimes get an emoji from Nolan, but I mean, were you expecting the KB to put out a statement? Maybe they I mean, we still we just don't know about Tyler Johnson. I
0: mean, I guess he's on campus, but that's all we know. Well, I think we know no, we know we know that he's on the team, suited up playing, but that it's, he hasn't been cleared. I think we know everything. But KB is. never
2: told us any of this.
0: I think L did, though. They put out a rule. Okay. Yeah, Does that count it. as KP? I guess?
2: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they of the same.
0: This is the third quarter of the Georgia Tech game. We got the hottest sauce from my Hot Ones Challenge. My whole group, my two brothers, my dad, and my wife took large dabs of it. That's when the comeback started. We took it. They missed the field goal. Dying in burning pain. We took it again. They fumble and jawar 75-yard touchdown. I think we saved the day. I think I saw your tweet. I think you were the one wearing the, the Card Chronicle bird mask with the, the pictures of you with the hot sauce. So thank you for your service. You clearly did a great deed on Friday. No question about it. Do Put, those dabs. Putting yourself through pain for of L athletics. We can all relate to that. Isn't that what we did through the whole foot era? Yeah, but not not <laughs> physically. Not no. like that. Eh, figure yourself sometimes. Scoots Scoots texted in. Oh, Lord, what does Scoots want? Said, yeah, Trev, you were hallucinating because you were, quote, in the sun all day, maybe something else, but that's just me.
2: Well, I wasn't the sun all day. <laughs> well, I was sore on. I tell you, what, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was sore on Friday night by Saturday morning. Those three swings got to you. I mean, that's a lot of walking, a lot of moving. Yeah, you were moving a lot. That's a lot of exercise for Trevor in one day. I, I imagine you, you couldn't have been feeling 100 percent
0: great. I felt to okay. be a little sore, right? I mean, I, no, not sore really. I, I mean, I had just fatigue from. Like all the other stuff,
2: but well, me just being in the sun, being out and being out. I mean, I was outside for like twelve hours. I mean, I was, I was a little sun worn out. I hear you. I, I was tired. I, I mean, and of course, the Saturday, <laughs> I have to come in and do the IU game, which you know, it starts at like two o'clock. And I'm here till like ten o'clock doing it because of the post game, and I get, it ended around nine thirty, and I, I don't know. I, I, was, I mean, I was kind of hanging on to the end of the game. I guess I just dozed off sitting here, just like I am. Oh boy! Like Frank walks in here like eleven. He's like, "Trevor," I'm like sleeping sitting here at the, at the computer, my hand on the mouse. Like I'm like, he was like, "You want to you want to go home?"
0: I'm like, oh, what?" I'm like everything that you, the listener, think about this place is exactly true. If you have your own vision of, of what goes on here and how things I mean, work, <laughs> it's a hundred percent accurate. I had,
2: I didn't everything play, and I just I was I, I think I was doing something on. I was looking at fantasy football rankings or something. I just
0: fell asleep looking at the computer here. Tech says I hated the sequence at the end of the first half. Brom calling timeouts in a nearly impossible situation, nearly backfired. I don't understand it at all. We should talk about this. No he didn't spend a the interception being thrown. Well, th- th- this is an area where I think Jeff Brom deserves criticism because we 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 do call that the the timeout to begin what could be a late drive to get points on the board. And, and I'm fine with I was okay with that. But when it was obvious that like we didn't need to run a play on third down. It's third and seven at that point. We're at our own 17-yard line. The clock is ticking. There's less time on the game clock than there is on the play clock. All we have to do is not run a play, and we can go to halftime. We run a play where, you know, what's the best case scenario? We pick up 20 yards, and the half still ends. Like it, it was, it was very, very dumb thing to do. And then the worst case scenario happens. Plummer throws the pick. We give them an opportunity to long field goal, which I mean. Would have made it a three-score game going into the break. Like that was a huge potential momentum shift. I the whole time I'm like, just don't don't run a play. Like I hate when coaches do the thing where it's either go all in, where you're calling your timeouts to stop the clock because you can see this being in as extended a drive as it can possibly be, or just pack it up and go into halftime. We did the thing where it's like we're just kind of like hanging out in the in in the ether in the in between, where we're not going to call time up. We're going to run plays for some silly reason and get meaningless yards. It was very dumb, and it almost bit us in the ass. Like that, I think that absolutely deserves some criticism there. Texas says we're talking about the game. Nobody gives a crap about Suicide Kings, Trevor. This isn't summer radio anymore.
2: Well, the matter matters on the game.
0: I'm telling you, you just finish watching the damn movie. You you finish watching the movie, you might go undefeated. I'm not. I I did what I did. You ate a salad. I watched Suicide Kings. We uh. both did the exact same part. Texas, I think it was the perfect storm of Jack Plummer coming out way too jittery and then the BS targeting stuff, making us really play timid on D. Our defense came out playing aggressive and flying around. It all changed after those reviews. Well, the review, to be fair, like the defense still played well after Perry was ejected because that happened with, I think, nine minutes left in the first quarter. So it wasn't until the second quarter. I'm not saying that you're wrong. It absolutely could have had an effect. We also just had guys that were just taking – Terrible angles, like
2: well, but uh, mainly just two plays where the angles, bad angles, were taken. The one, the
0: two long plays. Am I wrong also in saying? Well, they had a bunch of long plays in the second quarter. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Like, there were a couple of times where not only and he played well when he when he was playing well, he played really well. But Josh Minkins, there were a couple of times where he not only took bad angles, but then he was like jogging, and I, it, was, it got to a point where I was, I was like, is he hurt? And we just don't know about it. Uh, I, I thought that was very strange. He ended up finishing, I think, as our leading tackler though. Uh, he had seven tackles. He made some good plays, but when he was bad, he was he was really bad. Other uh, secondary was again outside of the second quarter where nobody was good was mostly good. Quincy Riley made a couple of really nice plays. Storm Duck got in and played well. Um, had a few tackles. Made a nice play on the two point conversion try late in the game. Yep. Uh, Jarvis Brownley I thought was really good. They they stayed away from Brownlee for the most part. Um, Devin Neal had a chance at a pick and and didn't get it done. I think he also had a, one of the, the penalties. That was not great. But the secondary was was good. It wasn't quite the difference-making group that I thought they would have a chance to be. But they were fine. The, the, I mean, I thought Stephen Heron was fantastic. He was a guy, by the way, officially not hurt. I don't know that, what the texture was talking about last Thursday. He definitely is not hurt. Uh, TJ Quinn was as good as we wanted him to be. He was the guy who got, you know, they looked at the targeting play early in the game on him when it was just, like, just like, oh, no, he's just a badass. It was a big-time hit. I thought the front seven was was, was really good for the most part because they did most of their damage in the second quarter on the outside, running outside the tackles and then getting the ball and quick hitters to the wide receivers. I did not like the fact that Georgia Tech went straight to an M. Rutherford on the first play.
1: <laughs> it felt
0: very personal. It felt very targeted. And then like, you know, he like he didn't do much early on. He dropped a, a decent pass. So I'm like, here we go. Rutherfords don't fight Rutherfords. This is what you get. And then he kind of lit our asses up in the second quarter. He was, going, he was doing everything. Uh, that guy's pretty good. No relation, I don't think. But uh, he's 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 very good at football. And then Trey Cooley, of course, did the the standard Louisville running back who transfers and then plays Louisville and then has to score at least twice.
2: And then never seen again. And then
0: never seen again, out of nowhere. Kind of kind of
2: a kind of a macrocosm of Trey Cooley's career overall. At Louisville as well, but I mean.
0: he did almost fumble going into the end zone again. They had that review where you know they they called him down, but he fumbled. It would have been a touchdown for them if they. Called it a fumble. But remember, that was his big thing. Like, he always fumbled around the goal line here, and it happened again at Georgia Tech, like wherever you go. I
2: and mean, you did listen to the game of the announcers, in case you know
0: this, but uh, Singleton is very fast for Georgia Tech. They said it so – I mean, every time he was on the field, it was like nothing else mattered. Like here Here he comes! comes. I almost almost
2: felt happy when he caught the touchdown later. Like they, I felt relieved for the announcers because they, you know, they were just waiting for that for so long.
0: It got to a point where I was expecting like a (laughs) like when I was watching him take off, I was expecting like a Sonic the Hedgehog cloud of dust behind him or something supernatural.
2: And the one big play he had wasn't like he blew. No, it was he was on the corner. It was a great catch. It was he was he was covered completely. It was a, a nice throw and a great catch, and it was like he didn't blow past anybody. He was he was the guy we were. Stride for stride with him.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It but was, like he
2: comes on the field and like Andre Wears is like, Oh Lord, look out. This guy runs a forty and three point two. It's like, what? <laughs> he he's he's the first man since Superman to run backwards and reverse
0: time. <laughs> Texas says, Mike, why are you worried about what UK fans are thinking about the G T win? Because I know you're listening and I know you're gonna text in, buddy. I know you. I was, I was just, more
2: worried about if we'd lost the game, UK, my UK fans. That's what I was worried about. The coach win
0: now, could give two bleeps about what they think. Ex- they were very vocal at halftime. I saw that. I oh, like, yeah. I, I was like, I can't deal with this again.
2: We lose the game. That would have been like now with the win. I had most of them are The Most of mine would call me. I'd be like, yeah, uh, you know, a little sloppy, but you got the win, right? Good. I mean, they were like, good win, you know. But if it had been lost, I would never heard the end of it. Texas,
0: I've switched to your show for the 3 to 6 time frame. Thank you. Uh, I love 93 9, but I can't. Okay, we won't need to say that. Love your show, Mike. Wish you were still on 93. Well, no, I'm not. i the big X. You don't want that because I wouldn't be over there. Then we wouldn't have Trevor. Although now, I mean, with Sweeney not being gone, you could go over there. I probably could, yeah. Has Patrick He's started loving the doing his stuff over there. 680? Um, I don't know. I what mean, if, What if we just sent him over there as a spy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Maben secretly puts mayonnaise in his coffee, just like Will Levis. He's bananas <laughs> vertically. <laughs> Dexter says, Plummer will be fine. While his accuracy was off, his decision-making outside of the INC was good. This game will be an outlier.
2: Uh, this, well, the decision-making, I guess you can. There were multiple times he made the right decision. He just didn't make a good throw. Like, don't, well, except for the one where I don't know why the announcers kept saying they were throwing at his feet to avoid a sack when it was clearly a screen pass and running back was wide open uh, yeah, that's, to the, the left the of him. Thing. And he catches it, and he goes 20 yards, how much running back it was. But I'm like, he threw it at the feet of the blocker.
0: Like, what the hell, man? I thought th- that same thing. I was like, what What are they watching here?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what you do if you're about to get sacked or the screen's been blown up. But th- it wasn't blown up. I mean, he has. He probably got a decent chance of getting some yards
0: out of that. Plummer has, again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm – totally down on him for the rest of the season. I thought he did obviously some very good things in the second half. But no he's really. one of those quarterbacks who throws with that downward trajectory where, he, like, you know, the old edge of, you know, you keep the ball high, it's like he almost takes it to an extreme. And he kind of, he comes down with the ball. It's like the point is always nose first when it's getting to a player. And so when he misses... Which you know they always tell you you rather miss low than high because high can be an interception low is just an incompletion but there's got to be you know he misses low too much it looked like I guess I, been, I saw it a little bit in the, the the footage from Cal I definitely saw it on Friday night
2: I mean you no know, I mean not to just try to like you know put lipstick on a pig but if you're gonna have your quarterback miss you'd rather miss low than high right
0: That's what I just said oh did you oh, I thought you, <laughs> you just pointed out. Sure, okay. you exactly said that. I said yeah, I said the old adage is you'd rather miss low than high because if it's high, it's an interception. If it's low, it's just an incomplete. Well, you didn't say it. the adjective said it. well, uh, that's what I said. That's not
2: how you say that. You, are you taking claim? Did you invent that saying? Uh well,
0: I did just say it. Opposed to being high than low. I love when I realize like how little you're listening. When it becomes just so in my weird. defense. I was looking at DoorDash. Just think of something to say, and you're like, I'm just going to say it. I don't care what else he says. You may say the exact same thing that I'm going to chop You've done
2: like. that to me before. Have I? Yeah, oh, yeah. Were you looking at DoorDash when I said that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. No, but you might have been ordering some torches
0: or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I do think that plumber. I was agreeing with your adjective. It'd be nice. How many times, to- like, I, I don't know about you. Like, how many texts did you get from people that were like, I mean, all I had in, in the first half was people being like, "It's Clarkson time. We got to go to Pierce Clarkson." I saw no, it online. I, I got like 35 texts from people who were like, "Clarkson's got to be better. We got to put him in, folks." Clarkson's not the next man up. Like he's like, we would need to be, I think, four or five quarterbacks down at this point before you're going to see Pierce Clarkson. I do hope he plays on Thursday against Murray State, but I mean, you know, when when Plummer had to leave the game because his helmet popped off, we saw Evan Conley come in. Evan Conley was in for one play. It was a simple handoff. I didn't know
2: his helmet popped off when when I was, because I was was watching, I see Conley in the game. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I think everybody had the same thing. Did did we pull a trigger on a bench? And why at the point where, like, the odds of where he did it, like, in the red zone, like, why would you do that? I
0: mean. I still, I mean, maybe it's because Conley's the best, because it was an under center play. It was. Maybe just because he handles under center snaps the best, and they, they were like, they wanted somebody who could just do the simple thing the best. But, like, my understanding going into the game, and I'm, I'm assuming it's still the case i haven't talked to anybody since the game to say whether or not it's changed was that dome is the primary backup because he's, he's
2: game brock. manager
0: yeah he's brock solid but if brock <laughs> were to not be able to get the job done which we saw i mean he played against uk last year and was was not dynamic enough to really move the offense they would go to harrison bailey the walk-on former top 100 recruit i think he's kind of the, the the number three who they might like as the number 2 as the season goes on and he gets a better grasp of the offense but to see Conley come in I thought was I mean cuz I thought he was kind of like the number 5 but uh, you never know I mean we may see some weird quarterback stuff happen this year hopefully that's not the case hopefully it's plumber the entire season but I am very interested to see what the order is on Thursday assuming that we are able to get to a point where we can play a lot of our backups in the second half I'm guessing Doman's going to be the second guy up. I think you will see Harrison Bailey. I think you'll probably see Pierce Clarkson a
2: little bit. what point do you – do you? where's the line that do you, do you pull to, like, where you say, okay, let's put our backups in now? I mean, because you kind of want to get Plummer the most reps as he can still in this situation, right? For sure.
0: Although it is I mean, a short week. You know, you, you want, you'd like him to get some rest and then, you know, get ready for Indiana. I mean, Plummer at this point, though, like – He's familiar with the offense. It's his sixth year of college football. I think the rest is more important than the reps for him. So I think if we're up by, I mean, if we're up five scores at halftime, if it's like thirty-five nothing, thirty-one nothing, I think you play backups. You know, almost if not the entire second half. Maybe you let Plumber go out there for one series start the second half, and then it's just backups because getting out of that game healthy and with a little bit more confidence is that that's the win scenario. For Thursday night. Murray State, and again, we'll talk more about them as the week goes on, but they are they were two and nine last year. They did beat Presbyterian in their first game last weekend, but this is not a team that you should be it's, it's not going to be like a James Madison game from last year where you're going in feeling... Yeah, pretty good, maybe. Feeling threatened. I'll take a break. When we come back, more from you guys in the Thornton stacks line at 502-414-1450. It's another one of those segments where we ended up with more text than we started with when we were reading them. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. This is what this is what happens on celebratory Mike Rutherford show days, and we're happy to have one here on Tuesday here on 1450
1: and 961, The Big X. Ray. And then I saw the face. Now I'm a In my mind. I'm in love I'm a believer I couldn't leave her If I tried Then I saw her face Read dozens of books About heroes and crooks And I learned much Both of their styles. Son of a son Son of a son Son of a, son of a sailor, son of a God, oh, the last
0: time, one step ahead We're of back a in. jailer. Tuesday edition of the Mike for Show. Hope you had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. Both when it came to, being a sports fan and not being a sports fan. It's still hot out there. I know summer is uh, unofficially over, but my goodness, the heat is still belting down on us. If you have air conditioning problems because of this, only one place to go. It's our friends over at AirServe of Louisville. Call them any hour, any day at 502-785-8600. We'll have a technician available to come out to your home. Fix your problem. Make sure you are comfortable, whether it's nighttime, daytime, whenever. Call AirServe of Louisville at 502-785-8600. Before we go back to the Thornton sex line, I did want to talk a little bit about, look, there's been so much discussion about Louisville's schedule this season. That early schedule, the possibility of us potentially being 5-0 going into the Notre Dame game. Uh, we've got Murray State this week. Should be a victory. No disrespect to the Racers. We love we love Murray State. But then you look at the games ahead. NC State didn't look great against UConn. 24-14 did not look like a dynamic offense with Brennan Armstrong there. Boston College loses outright to Northern Illinois in double overtime, a game where they paid you and I $350,000 to come up to their place and beat them down. And then Indiana, I mean, look, they held back though. They they kept it somewhat close with Ohio State. It was never like it was in jeopardy because they couldn't move the ball, but they only lose 23 to 3 in a game where I think they were like 30-point underdogs. So, there's that. Maybe that maybe that'll be more of a tough game than we were thinking. I did like, what were you saying, the Indiana Post game here, they were saying that we, they, they were holding back they, this Ohio State run to prepare happy, for us? They were unhappy
2: with the offensive play calling. And uh, the call-in show, the guy, um, I forget his name, now saved my life, um, was like, well, I mean, they, they feel like we didn't show them all our cards in the second half offensively. Not nothing, nothing for Indiana State, but you'd have to think the coaching staff didn't want to put everything out there in case Louisville was watching. I'm like, you're playing Ohio State. A team That's that you, you've beaten 12 times, and this stat was given in this exact verbiage. We have 12 wins versus the Buckeyes in our school history, six coming before the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> first of all, great quote. Second, I think at that point, maybe you don't want to, I mean, not to sound too damn fousy, but don't hold anything back. I mean,
0: it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think Ohio State's the issue with that game was more Ohio State's quarterbacking. That, that's what it sounded like. I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch enough to have a firm grasp of and what I was didn't going on. Watch it,
2: but apparently the Indiana people were not happy about a Marvin Harrison lack of fumble call or something. That did lead to a touchdown, by the way. Like supposedly he fumbled the ball and they said it wasn't a catch and then like two points later they scored. So
0: But then the other thing about the schedule that became apparent last night, everyone keeps talking, well, we miss we miss Florida State. We miss Clemson, we missed North Carolina. Two of so those three looked good. Carolina took care of South Carolina. I, I was wrong about that. I thought Didn't South Carolina would get the win. The game, yeah, yeah they, they won fairly handily. And then your uh, your lack of belief in Florida State, you may need to come to terms with that. because they Maybe,
2: looked, I, maybe I should believe less than LSU. <laughs> they
0: looked as good as anybody uh, on, on Sunday night, just kind of thrashing LSU in the second half of that game, uh, looking damn good. But then the third team, yeah. the Clemson Tigers last night, play at Duke in Durham. Mike Elko and his Jay Z loving coaching style <laughs> comes out there and just takes it to him. Just, just takes it to him. We get, you know, new quarterback DJ Uiungulule was the problem. Now we get rid of him. Klubnik came back after playing okay down the stretch last year when, when he get, came in the bowl game. You bring in a new offensive coordinator, Lincoln Riley's little brother is going to be fantastic. He made TCU a national title contender. Dabo's finally changing a little bit, but not with the portal, not with NIL. He's not going to change there. And they lose 28-7 in one of the weirdest games I've seen. Clemson in the second half, Trev, no touchdowns, no punts. One of the weirdest second halves you could ever have. They f- fumbled inside the 10-yard line twice. They had three turnovers, I think, inside the 20. Just a bizarre-ass game, and Duke ultimately wins it 28-7. to I said it two years ago. It was tougher to defend now than it is today. Clemson as a national powerhouse, as a perennial national title contender, is over. That's done. They're still going to be good. I still think they'll be good this year. They'll be 8-9, 10-win good in most seasons. They'll compete for ACC titles. But as far as them being right there on that plane with Bama and Georgia and Ohio State and whoever's good from the SEC in a given year, that's done. It's over. Dabo didn't adapt. The game evolved without him. doesn't matter how much of a head start you have. If you don't adapt in any area of life, you're going to get passed up. They have gotten passed up. It's done. It's over.
2: I mean, it's kind of like they're basically back to the Terry Bowden days where they're winning yeah. eight, nine games. somewhat consistently, but no one ever like, can take them serious as like a threat for a national championship.
0: No, that's where they're By going way, to go. DJ
2: Uglu was 20-25 for 240 yards and three touchdowns as Oregon State rolled in their first game. Maybe he wasn't the problem. By the way, the ranked Oregon State team. You know, I mean, I mean. Keep in mind, I would say they're really ranked. Yeah, eighteenth. Jeez. They're also they're also the uh, I think they're they're one or two in the Pac twelve, but that's only because they're the one of only two teams in the.
0: No. Oh, come on. They're going to the title game. Go I did see we got one vote in the AP poll this week. Brett McGurphy had a twenty five. I like that. McGurphy loves us.
2: I mean, you talk about our schedule. And you you bring up the opponents. I mean, problem is, is that those opponents, those same teams, NC State, Indiana. Are looking at our George Tech game from afar and probably thinking the same thing. Are they though? I mean, they struggled in the first half.
0: They they came back and won. I mean, the we close were seven and a half point favorites that won by five.
2: NC State covered was, that
0: backdoor cover would have been yeah, nice. I NC State was, I think they, I think you can say they looked more anemic than we did against you UConn was better last year, but still, it's, it's a UConn team that if you're serious, like they, I mean, they're what preseason four in the ACC were eight. Like you should be taking care of UConn better than that. Boston College lost straight up to Northern Illinois. I don't I don't think that there's any. There's not really any defending that, and from what no, I'm told, I don't think Boston yeah, ever from really, what I'm told, yeah. looked like the inferior team pretty much that entire game. Yeah. And then Indiana is, you know, I think that they defensively they played well. Yeah, I think you feel maybe a little bit more nervous about that game. I already kind of thought it was going to be a close slugfest. I think that could be an interesting game up there, but we'll see. I
2: like how Indiana didn't announce their starting quarterback until he came out in the field. By the way,
0: the announcers were having a blast with that. I don't even
2: remember who started it, but, but they,
0: Clemson yeah. last night's the story. Clemson, you know, they they you whine about Clemson. they whine about. Well, I mean, it's not not just me. It's that's well, it's I know. these they're still like the number four topic in America right now. Twenty four hours after the game, they whine about the fact that they've got to walk so far from their locker room to the game <laughs> afterwards, Which I love the Duke social media team just dunking on. Them. They're like, I guess it was the walk and like put put up the stats for the second half shutout last night. Uh, I mean, don't they run down a hill in a game? It at Duke, Trev. I
2: know, but I mean, same. But even at home, they do a pretty good walk. They take a
0: bus though. Around oh, the that's stadium, true. They have right, the, yeah. the most exciting slash boring five minutes in all of sports. <laughs> it's the most overhyped thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But it, I mean, it's cool when you're there. Like the running down part is cool, but like the, like, I don't, watching players load a bus and drive it <laughs> like uh, two minutes around the stadium is not an exciting part. Like, call it the most exciting 30 seconds in sports. That's fine. But the five minute thing is just, it, it's overdone. But it looks like we're at a point now where that Duke game is the one that we should be circling and saying, Let's not overlook Duke. We got them mm-hmm. right after you know, we play that terrible stretch. We thought the stretch was going to be NC State, Notre Dame, and Pitt. I think you throw Duke now into that mix and say it's the, it's the four-game stretch because they looked they at like the real deal. Riley Leonard is a guy Keith Wynn was saying he thinks he's the most underrated quarterback in the country when he came on the show this summer, and he introduced himself to a lot of people last night. They looked pretty damn tough. They
2: won nine games last year
0: they still got Roman Son, who was throwing the Ls down against us, down 66-20 to 20 a few years ago. So uh, he, he's still there. But interesting first weekend for the the ACC. I mean, we also we can't let the show pass without bringing up what Colorado did at TCU in Deion Sanders' first game there. I mean, easily the most exciting game of the weekend. I turned it on when it was like 24-21. Could not turn it off. It just everybody scoring. The Travis Hunter thing is... I'm Already a, a huge national talking point. I made the joke about, like, I'll be impressed with him when he adds playing guard for Louisville basketball. Oh, I, I, I think I
2: gave a retweet on that one. That was funny.
0: And then well, the, the highlights come out of him this morning, of him just, like, dunking on everybody at a Colorado team pickup game where he's just like, he looks like the best basketball player I've ever seen. He might be the best player on the team if he came here and played for us this year. Isn't he like, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, anyways, but on top of it. He's I mean, yeah, he's he's got the size. he's He's unreal. Playing both ways, I mean, I'm – very interested to see if it's something that he can sustain for an entire season because no. he clearly looked like he was able to do it for one game. Uh, he was making gigantic plays on both sides of the ball. Shador Sanders, who we really wanted to come here once upon a time, and I thought we had a decent chance before Dion got hired as a head coach, looked incredible as well. I mean, set like pretty much every Colorado passing record in his first game with the Buffs. Like They were – I still don't think it's going to be a team that – is like nine and three or ten and two or anything like that. No, no, but I think TC could. is a little maybe not as good as people. The defense looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they lost a dude. I mean, that's okay. a lot from last year. They also, I mean, maybe shell shock from losing by seventy five in the national title yeah, game a little I mean, bit.
2: I'm not saying that take away from Colorado, but I think Colorado still ends up going like seven and five, six and that's six. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
0: which is better than what everyone was saying when they're going two and ten or three and nine. But they're clearly a national story. I did like. I mean, it was it was it was fun <laughs> seeing Dion just you know take everybody to task. That was a, it was a nice little week one storyline in a game that was uh, in a weekend that was really lacking in major top 25 versus top 25 type matchups. They gave us that that nice little fun window and that fun storyline. It was a it was a hell of a hell of a debut for sure. I do
2: love that one. I don't know who whoever tweeted the picture of like the TCU player talking to Dion afterwards like if you're head coach, you see this guy talking to your player, run. <laughs> no, like, don't
0: <laughs> the last no guy you want to see talking to you, any of your players. <laughs> Outside of that, not a whole lot of, like, I thought big time storylines. A lot of teams were playing. Nobody's. I mean, F- we mentioned FSU beating LSU handily, Michigan acting like Jim Harbaugh was dead. <laughs> I thought was the one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. They came out in a straight-line formation held up four fingers together. I'm like, he's suspended for four games. He's not battling cancer. Now, now
2: was was the four for the four-game suspension or his jersey numbering and and when he played? Probably both.
0: I'm curious about that. <laughs> I, I saw it. I was like, is this a joke? I mean, they, they're acting like this man is on his deathbed or recently deceased. Like, no, he's just going to be back in a month. He's, I been he's
2: more, fine. It would have been more, better if they had, like, Ripped off, like everybody in the student section ripped off the the tearaway pants and all had khakis on underneath. <laughs> like how, how great would that have been? Uh,
0: Washington pants, Boise State, which uh, I I thought it would be a little bit closer, but you liked Washington. Big. I
2: did. And I told, I'm telling you, Washington's going to be. Yeah, you're you're right. I, I, that's it's a, Phoenix. Doing they can Phoenix stay healthy thing. with that with with, yeah, with with that coaching staff and the, and and, P, uh, and Michael Penix knowing them that it's well. Phoenix. We call him Phoenix. Alicia. Phoenix. They've got a great receiving core. I mean, yeah, they that this is gonna be a t- scary. T- that's gonna be a scary team coming out of the West.
0: Tennessee destroyed Virginia. Who's on our schedule? Uh, Penn State had no trouble with West Virginia. I thought that might be a little bit closer, and it was early. But uh, Will Stein's offense put up eighty-one points in the game at Oregon. His first game as offensive coordinator. We love Sunny Will. Um, and and then besides that, we talked about Utah, Florida on Friday a little bit. There was really just it was kind of a lame first week.
2: Yeah, I guess. I mean, the only thing maybe Ohio State looking. Just, pedestrian. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it, yeah, at least especially at quarterback uh, against Indiana um, was was maybe one of the talking points. But yeah, other than that, I mean, just maybe, I mean, I mean, maybe you're surprised Tennessee blew out Virginia the way they did. I don't know. I mean, possibly you're a little surprised that, you know, I mean, Colorado being T C yeah, but yeah, really nothing really, like you said, nothing stuck out whatsoever at all.
0: Could will rip on the coaches poll for having Clemson still ranked ahead of Duke. How long are we going to do this thing where it's like how many people scored over 70 this weekend? Good lord. A lot. But Clemson being ranked ahead of Duke, it, unforgivable. Like we, I know it's we're, we're not at a point yet where it can be all data-driven. You have to still rely on some of your preseason expectations. But we've seen them play once. They scored seven points. Like, there's no reason to have Clemson in your top 25. They're, they're in both polls. They're, they're at least behind Duke in the AP poll. But having them ahead of the team that just beat them by 21 points is that you should have your vote taken away.
2: Wait, I thought, I thought uh, Clemson brought in the Riley brother and the offense was fixed. That's what I
0: said. I mean, clearly not. Clearly that wasn't the issue. All right, we're going to break. When we come back, I, I know we have a ton of text to get to. We'll let you control most of the 5 o'clock hour, talk about Louisville versus Georgia Tech. Your thoughts there coming up at 502-414-1450 on the Thornton Stacks line. Hour number three on the way next is the Mike Rutherford Show on a celebratory Tuesday. Here on 1450-961, Big X.
1: One step ahead of the jailer Now way in the near future, southeast of disorder You can shake the hand of the mango man As he greets you at the border And the lady she hails from Trinidad And honey, I didn't know that I'd be missing you, so come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in the brown LA
0: And I just
1: want you back by my side
0: I like we just played this not that long ago, and it, now it makes me sad that We were talking about how I like this song, but yeah. it was not a big Jimmy's off fan yeah. yeah, it's the and now we're playing song it that it we, we, you like, it, yeah We're uh, yeah. it because he... He passed away, which was very sad. Uh, we've been celebrating uh, his life and the, the life of uh, the Smash Mouth lead singer who also passed away. It was it Ryan Harwell?
2: Uh, I forget his name. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like it's like the rest of the world, like last week, where you had the one that was, you, was sad, Jimmy Buffett, but it was up there in age, but it's still sad and unexpected. You know, and you have the utterly unexpected one that's way too young. With, yeah. And Bray and now uh, the Smash Mouth. And I mean, they come in threes, right?
0: Yeah. So not necessarily. We don't need to not something, yeah. Uh, we've been talking mostly today about the, the much more happier news, which is Louisville starting its football season 1-0 with the 39-34 win over Georgia Tech. We have a ton of text to get to this hour. We're going to try to do that as much as possible. I do have a couple of things that we have not touched on yet that I wanted to discuss before we get back to the text line. One, did you think it was strange that we didn't see more touches for Jawar Jordan? Like For a long period in the second half, he was just kind of MIA, so much so that I was wondering if he was, was injured. Uh, I mean, his... The touchdown run that he had you know, late in the game that kind of polished things off was his fifth carry of the game. He only carried the ball seven times the entire night. Uh, I, I was surprised at how evenly distributed the, the handoffs were between him and, and not just Maurice Turner, but Isaac Garendo who came in and, and ran the ball really well as, as well. But I think we're going to see, need to see in the future, I think Jeff Braun probably wants it to be this way where it's more of a healthy balance between the run and the pass and we see some more carries for Jawar. But just seeing him... As little as we did, I thought was a, was, was some, somewhat surprising to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, he went to a little more of the Syracuse – well, not Syracuse, who's the transfer the – I forget his name. Uh, is Isaac it? Garendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did he transfer him again? Stanford. Stanford. I want to say Syracuse. Or Wisconsin, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. One, was, one of them red schools. Just, <laughs> well, schools in one of those conferences. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it just – it was a change of pace because he was a more physical guy. It's, 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 but – yeah, I was a little surprised because it did feel like they were feeding Jordan like early in the game, like you said. And then, like, yeah, yeah he's kind of, I don't know. I, mean, I, you, I guess you could you chalk it up to being behind and, and the running game being, we weren't so far behind that we could run the ball.
0: I mean, we were still, you know, we still had options. I was a little surprised at myself. When Garendo came in, I thought that the change of pace, it kind of felt like when Jawar Jordan came in in the last couple of years, where it's like, damn, he's running hard. And not that Jordan wasn't running hard or Turner wasn't running hard, but Garendo is just so, so much more of a physical presence. There were a couple of times he also apparently, you know, I, I take the announcer's word as much as I, you know, as far as I can throw them. But wow. they were talking about how he's considered to be the best pass protector among the running backs. And, you know, we were trying to get the passing game going. I guess maybe they didn't like what they were seeing from from Turner and, and Jordan when it came to pass protection or something like that, although there was never really that much pressure on Plummer. But he was in, I think, for that reason. Then he gets a couple of carries, and multiple times he's met the line of scrimmage, and he's so physical and he runs downhill so well that he turns these would-be no gains into three- or four-yard gains. I thought he gave us a nice little jolt, and I, I can see why they they stuck with him for a little bit. But I still was surprised that it's not like Jordan was ineffective when he was in at the beginning of the game. It's not like he was the reason why we weren't getting in the end zone. I thought he was holding up his end of the bargain. And I do think that moving forward, we play some of the tougher teams in our schedule. Like you're going to need to see more of Jawar Jordan. He's going to have to be a bigger part of this offense because, you know, right there at the end, his game-breaking ability was on full display, uh, going 76 yards, and, and you know, it wasn't like he was untouched either. He get he also got met at the line of scrimmage, broke a tackle, eluded uh, a couple of guys, and then he was gone. But it, that was just something that kind of stuck out to me as a little bit surprising that we didn't see more of that. Um, I, I did also want to give a, a I think we probably have not talked about just how good Jamari Thrash is gonna be. We've kind of lumped him in with everybody else. He was a clear standout to me. Like it wasn't just you could tell he was a little bit frustrated early on because I think he was getting open and he wasn't getting the ball. Then they got they got him some touches on some quick hitters. He was able to make some guys miss. And then he rocks the double move. They they read the the corner blitz perfectly. They call the the hitch route. They get thrash one on one because the corner comes up and blitzes, and that dude just got embarrassed and he was wide open I mean thrash could be I know you've talked about we could have multiple guys having a thousand yards receiving this year. I think that Thrash could easily at the end of the year and if he gets the ball in his hands at the times where it needs to be for the quarterback first team all a c c guy like he looked I think that good crazy yeah he i mean he looks like he, he looks like he has pro potential like he looks like He could be one of the more dynamic playmakers we've had at receiver in recent years, which is saying something because we've had some dudes out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I still do love Coleman, but yeah, I think you can see, especially the difference in experience between the two. Like Coleman is a second year, legitimate like second year sophomore. Yeah, where Thrash is has played. He's now a fifth year senior. He's been, you know, George State. You know, for what it is, I mean, it's not a horrible program. They've, you know, he's they've been Division One since he's been there, I assume, and they 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 they. You know, play a decent – they play the Sun Belt, so, I mean, it's, it is what it is. But, of course, they brought up how, you know, his best game was in this stadium. And right. And they said the same thing for Coleman, too, at one point, too. But, yeah, I agree. A thrash is ahead of him. But it doesn't make me get even just as excited about what Coleman and, and, and Bell and Callaway and Huggins-Bruce and company.
0: A lot of options, which makes oh, yeah. you feel good. The only other thing that I wanted to bring up that I have not discussed yet. Did you see the Scott Satterfield imposter – on the staff,
2: yeah. So you <laughs> like, I, I literally had to you go tweeted back that and out, and I was it. like,
0: "What is he talking about?" Like, <laughs> I literally had to go back and pause it because, like, you know, it, it happened. I'm so used to seeing Scott Satterfield that when you see that visor, it was when it was like late in the, I think it was in the fourth quarter. We're up 29-28, or we're down 29, whatever it was. Uh, up 29-28, and like they show the visor, and I was like, "Hold on, hold on." I was like, "Did I just see what I think I just saw, or am I just that tired?" And sure enough, I go back, and it's like. I don't know. I wish I knew the person's name. I know it's somebody on the coaching staff. It's I think his not first name long. is. Because I, I saw that he, like, he quote tweeted me and was, like, definitely not sad. Uh, and then somebody was, like, Ryan, you need to get a new hat or something like that. Um, Are we okay with visors in the post Scott the no! world? He said, it, like, his defense was, I'm one know in the visor. No uh, no. First of all, I'm not I've never been a visor fan anyway.
2: I can't wear my head my head's too weird. I mean I just yeah, I, well I just I, I don't know. It's like having wearing half a
0: hat. I mean I, was, I tried you know, once, I like, c I couldn't pull it off.
2: I mean sorry, no disrespect to Spurrier or anybody else. Like I just I find visors kinda stupid. I mean it's it seems pointless. Like wear a hat. Uh I know it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like driving half a car. It's like and yeah, no, it's like no one want no. Let's put on a hat, dude. Um so yeah, I, I'm 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 anti visor all the way, regardless, and I think they should be banned from the
0: sideline. Like I have a one of my close friends. He he bought a visor. Caught, got caught up in the. He he was very anti Scott Satterfield. He's still very anti Scott Satterfield, but he said I think in the in the first year, if like if we overachieved and we're good, he'd buy a visor. And of course, you know, we overachieved and we were we were good. So he bought a visor, and now he was like, do I do I have to burn this thing? Do I am, am I allowed to keep it? Am I allowed to wear it? I was like, I think you're allowed to wear it. I don't, I'm not. It's not like it was so bad here, and he like did us so dirty that we have to. We can't have any sort of mention of him.
2: No, I wouldn't say that. I'm not. I'm not that's not why. I'm. I was. I, I was never pro Byzer before he got. Sad, you still like Byzer? So yeah, I don't like Byzers anyway.
0: <laughs> get a hat. You'd swear a hat, dude. Seriously. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm this. half-assing it. I'm trying to find the staff members' name. If somebody knows, please text me because I can't get the internet to work here. But I can't pull up the coaching staff. But Ryan, if that's your name. Keep rocking the visor. Keep winning games. It's fine. No, take it off. Put on but a hat. I, did, I, I mean, I did a double take. I thought I was saying things. It was crazy. 414 1450 is the Thornton text line. Which we'll I'm God now the text line's not loading. Ryan Wallace. Uh, is it Ryan Wallace is it the tight ends coach? I don't know. That's what somebody just texted in. It was Ryan Wallace, I should know him. Like, I don't think that's who that is, though. Because his Twitter account, I think Ryan Wallace has like an official Twitter account. I don't think that that's him. I think it's a different one. I think it's I think this is like a quality control rat assistant type guy. Could be wrong. Texas says, good to see TK recognizing the true legend that passed away this weekend. Well, he's recognizing them both.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I mean, I was, not, I was never a big Smash Mouth
0: fan, really, but I mean, I'm still a, I still mean, don't mean anything. I don't hate it. Texas says, how has Mike not seen Rat Race? The movie is genuinely funny. The scene with Hitler's car is especially funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kid with John Lovitz, yeah. Texas says, Rat Race is a good movie to watch with your kids. Very funny.
2: It's, it's a cute movie. I wouldn't say it's, you know, you gotta watch it. It's not as good as Suicide Kings, but
0: or and a lot of movies on that list. But it's 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 like it's a cute comedy. Texas Mike didn't even promise to watch Suicide Kings. This is salad lie guilt projection from Trevor.
2: No, he lost a bet and then he's trying to weasel out of it. No, I did it. I now did he's it. trying to get around like you only had six bites. Or, That's exactly what. No, I I'm thinking. only watched one minute. Which you you ate by a, the way, you ate a salad. I think you owe me more Kings. minutes than bites on that one. I like one so. bite of salad should be like ten minutes of movie. No. No, that's ridiculous.
0: Dexter says, I suffered
2: more than you. I suffered for this art. You just. Well, I didn't even lose a bet, though. I, 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 yeah, you did. Some the Reds I, lost.
0: Somehow I lost by correctly predicting what was going to happen in the series. I said the Reds were going to lose 2 or 3. They lost 2 or 3. And then somehow I you lost.
2: Predict, just because you predicted it correctly doesn't mean you shouldn't put your. You're your, your, your on the line for your Reds. They're your Reds.
0: You make the bet. But I did. If it was a series that I thought they were going to win, I would. You don't have to make You still got to. You still got to show some support. And we also laid out no parameters. Come on, putty. Support the team. You are projecting. That's what's happening here. Texas, hopefully they'll be able to show Plummer all the underneath throws that he missed in the film room, and he'll recognize that in the future. Question, if you could trade Plummer for Devin Leary, would you? Ooh. I would not. I've always felt that Leary's overrated and not durable whatsoever.
2: I didn't really watch a lot of UK's game. Their numbers were very similar. But um, that's a good question. I don't know if I would or not. Do I have to
0: be honest, or can I
2: say that I would keep Plumber? I mean, it's, first of all, I don't think you need to show game film to Plumber and show him where he missed. I think it was pretty obvious. I think he's aware of it. But I hope so. So do I. Ah, man. It's, let me watch Leary play a little more. I, really, I haven't really watched Leary play as much. I want to watch him play. More we
0: watched him play, I guess, that's the last few years. Well, sort of. No, no sort of. He started against us the last two
2: seasons. Yeah, but one of the games I didn't really get to watch because I was, I was actually driving and I, was, I had to watch it on my phone. I was paying the butt.
0: I would take Larry. I'm sorry. That
2: was the game at their, at their house that we lost.
0: Texas says... How, twice? I thought we played him once. Twice. We beat him last year and he beat us two years ago. Okay. Texas says, how many Heismans will Jamari Thrash win? I'm setting the over under at two. At least one. <laughs> Texas says, the fruit of the loom emperor is worse at sliding than Teddy. I don't, oh, Haynes? Yeah, I don't. I don't oh, Haynes King. I, I get it. Because Haynes underwear? I guess that's what the joke is in reference so to. So
2: instead, of, he's, he's Haynes King, so he's a Fruit of Loom Emperor.
0: I get it. I get it. I, I got it. Okay. Yeah. You made it hard on us, but I appreciate that. I, it was a long
2: distance to a, a fun. It's better when you explain the joke anyway, though. Yeah, I mean, his slide
0: form was fine, he just did it way too late. Texas targeting should be a two in your out. Throwing someone out after one penalty is absurd. I agree with that, actually.
2: I think it also depends on the <laughs> – is malice the word, word I'm looking for? Yeah. Like, like the, the – I mean, if you, you clearly are – The tart. intent. Yeah. Like, in a situation like that, though, no, That cl- I don't think there was any intent to it. It was just a bad timing situation. Yeah, there should both.
0: be some wiggle room in the rule.
2: Don't they have that in basketball, like, the
0: intentional t- – Yeah, they, you know, they've got flagrant one, flagrant yeah, two. there
2: needs to be – I mean, you have a face mask still, don't you? I or did they get rid a, of that? I can't remember.
0: You still have face mask penalties. I think that's actually a really good idea. You know, you have, like, flagrant one, like any contact with the head, you've got to call a whistle for it. It's got to be some sort of penalty. But if you didn't intend to do it, that's different than very clearly committing a reckless foul. There should be degrees in targeting. Like, you know, what Ben Perry did should not be the same as a dude just seeing a defenseless player launching and just taking his head off with, his, with the helmet-to-helmet hit. Like, I think that that's actually a really good idea. But, again, now you're putting nuance in the hands of these referees who we already know just suck out loud. So that's going to be tough. But who knows? It was, it was a poorly officiated game. The, the refs were terrible. Texas, can we talk about the no penalties announcer call on Jordan's TD? Yeah, did you, so, do you know what he's talking about? Which one? On Jawar's long run. Oh, he's like, no flags? Yeah, the, the announcer, the, the, the uh, Andre Ware, was like, he was so, where? he sounded so disappointed when he was like, and there are no flags. Like, I think Louisville fans took that to heart. i shocked that if they didn't throw one. And, yeah, maybe that was just his, like, he, but he sounded just disheartened. Like, he's got money on Georgia Tech or something. <laughs> if he did, he still could have uh, ended up cashing if he bet him to cover. Andre Ware. Texture says, is Spears off this week or is he done for good? The national show. Is bad news. Is Spears not on today? Did Dugan fire him?
2: <laughs> the, I told him to. He, he had to. he was so poorly in the scramble. We just fired him. He's done. He did do the game. He did. Well, he did the he did the football game on Friday night. That mail. I don't know what mail was thinking. We both were wrong. On I mean, say next came Mail. I don't know what they were doing that game. It's it's not play well.
0: What if Spears got fired because the cookie lady thing.
2: <laughs> we locked him out. I don't know. If he, he's I don't done. Know. I don't know if he's out this week or not. Uh, that's I gotta ask Justin. I'm not awake for that.
0: Texture <laughs> says, Coach Sat with a great first win. Yeah, they dominated.
2: Did the part of you look? You know, look at my score and kind of hope maybe since they got beat. Not part of me. My
0: entire being. Okay, <laughs> to get beat. Are you kidding
2: me? <laughs> that's, 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 I didn't know if it was just me being the
0: a or not. Oh no, I'm rooting against them for every game. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I will be a full on hater. The fact that they scored 66, which we never scored here with him, uh, was uh, I didn't like it. I saw it.
2: I was wondering how that happened, yeah.
0: Texter says, catamort here, turf his ass, bring back the grass. I have no idea what that means. Is that a, is that a horse racing text? I'm all for the grass, but, I mean. Texas, says, Nolan's wife can tweet about it, but not Nolan or KP. That seems about right. Did Nolan's wife tweet about the interview? I think the only – I don't – Unless she tweeted something else since. I know she tweeted something like, because she responded to Peyton Siva, who was like, I don't believe everything I read on the internet. And she was like, that makes one of us or something, which you and I both said kind of, I think it was the anti-message that she was trying to put out there. But I'm not sure if she said anything since. I, I, need, I need a Nolan Smith free week here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look too deeply into this. I don't want I don't, I to don't know what's going on there unless it's something positive. Texas, how glad are you that Jeff didn't go into the locker room and love the players up at halftime? He didn't love them up. The loving them up days have come and gone. There was no, you guys got to play harder. And there was a little bit of that, but it was just said very, very differently. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on. Texas, half of Louisville's schedule is in the top 35 in the new AP poll. Notre Dame, Duke, Pittsburgh, Miami, NC State, and Kentucky, Louisville strength of schedule only going up. I like the. I mean, I want the, strength of the schedule to be bad. I, winning games is fun. I want to go twelve and zero. <laughs> I hope we have the worst strength schedule possible. We go twelve and zero, play for an AC title, beat Florida State's ass, go play for a national championship. That's the goal. But no, the schedule does look, especially the back end of the schedule. That's the concern. I mean, Pitt, uh, they played I like, think Wofford, destroyed them. Miami, who did they, who, Miami played Miami of Ohio one handily. The front end of the schedule looked worse than you thought. Besides Indiana, the back end of the schedule I thought looked really, really good in Week One. Obviously, the Duke being the standout. Texas, do you think that Satterfield watched our game? Watched App State probably. You know he's watching App State. Have I told you the story? Did I tell the story on air? Because now I can absolutely tell it. No, you never did. I've only hinted at it. Oh, that I that I told you
2: last year. Are you talking about the Syracuse situation? Yeah. I have I have flirted with it in the last couple of weeks. Also, I'll, I'll say it now. I don't care. You haven't said it. But for those wondering, I've teased at it, and then there's maybe people like, "What is he talking about?" Because I've made a reference of like what was the other day. It was like, "Hey,
0: we play on Friday. Good thing Purdue doesn't play against us." So last year, you know, week one, I think it was when App State played North Carolina. It was, it like was. thrilling, like it overtime was. game. North Carolina ends up winning. Multiple players reached out to me directly after the Syracuse game to say that the coaching staff. Was so focused on App State, North Carolina, that they didn't do their standard like walkthrough. They didn't do the standard. I wasn't. You told me that. They, they didn't talk to players, and multiple players reached out, and they were just kind of like, "Hey, if you want to know what happened, like this was a, this was a, a part of it. Like we're kind of pissed off about this." I think it was three guys in total that reached out to me via DM or email, saying like uh, like half our coaching staff was living and dying with North Carolina App State, and it had us in the totally wrong mindset going into our game. That was it's a fact that happened last year.
2: And then when you, watch, you go back to watch Circuit's game, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. It shows, because the coach step looks like they don't know what's going on. Do you think that he
0: was living and dying with us on Friday night? No, but he's like... Wife- <laughs> Satterfield, like, sitting on the edge of his couch and all of his UC stuff. Like, come on, Jawar, let's go, buddy. He's <laughs> probably just rooting for Trey Cooley and nobody else. He probably was. Way Boy- to go, Trey! <laughs> When Trey started lighting us up, I was like, this is hell. This, this, this is exactly what I didn't want. To. We got a Rutherford and a transfer just destroying us the second quarter of the Jeff Brom era. Texas says it's clearly Trevor getting exercise and eating healthy that won the game. You have to keep it up, buddy. Five bites of salad each week and go to the batting cage or driving range for 30 minutes before every game. I'd love to go to a batting cage. I think do a batting cage and go to an indoor facility. We're, we talked about this. I can't remember whether it's there's like not anywhere around here, though, right? Well, you know there's, like champions, like baseball academies and stuff. But if and you want like true batting cages, yeah. you've got to. I mean, do they still have any up at like the uh, like Middletown, the park?
2: I don't know. See, in the Middletown's not like when I say around. That's not my area. I'm. I'm. Like, well, there's nothing around where you are. Yeah, anymore. no, it
0: sucks. We should. We need to create our own big X batting cage. How much does a batting cage cost? I don't know. Can I put like one up in my backyard? I can get you a net and a. I think I'm. I still have my old like. I have the old like a uh, net that I would hit off a tee into at well, home. Can get you one of those. One of those machines run. You can probably get one right you. next to my, my my drone. We can find you one. <laughs> Texas, thanks for watching the movie at halftime, Mike. You're our hero. That's the, yeah, that's somebody's you. first text into the show. How about that? Yeah, and hopefully you watch the rest of it and we will go undefeated. No, you're welcome. Texas, it doesn't help that the refs allowed offensive pi on every third and short or goal with the pick play of the tight end. I doubt it ever gets called, but it still sucks. No, I mean the they they run the pick plays all the time. We
2: also ran a pick
0: play on Thrash's yeah. first touchdown. That was, I mean, you know, it's
2: not called pick plays, people. It's called rub offs. Rub offs. I think it's what that it the technical... dual t- crossing routes. Yeah, I think
0: it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what they officially call it. Like rub offs. <laughs> Texas was it just me or did the announcers talk about Georgia Tech ten times more than us in general? So I typically I, I don't like falling into this trap because I feel like I watch a lot of games. Those basketball or football, objectively, games where I don't have a rooting interest, and I'll see fans complain about how much the announcers hate them. I'm like, I think if the fans I think every announcer hates them. This broadcast, though, like I did get to a point. I always try to hold off. I'm like, yeah, they don't, they don't really care. It did feel like they were just all in on Georgia Tech and not talking a ton about Louisville. Certainly not talking about. I mean, the again, the Singletary kid or whoever his name was, the fast kid. Like it was, he had way more airtime than he deserved. <laughs> Every time he was on, they talked for a minute and a half about how fast he was.
2: I mean, Thrash and and Coleman did get a little bit of love, and so and some of our and so does other receivers. But yeah, it did feel like we were. It was like three to one comments. Georgia Tech to us.
0: Texas, my buddy had a jersey that is cursed. We burned that mother bleeper at halftime, and don't regret it. I mean, I have burned a jersey. I want to know what jersey it was. I burned a jersey, but the Terrell jersey and the booties. Well, no, you did, but I, yeah. I want to know what jersey the the, the Texas friend burned at halftime.
2: Can we give props to uh, uh, Patrick, who down at the game was wearing the Orlando Rage jersey? Was he? He's wearing the number 11. I didn't know it. that. He's wearing a Braum Orlando Rage jersey, yeah. Which, I mean, first of all, I'm like, where did he find it? Because we used to sell those at Cardboard Heroes. So where did are... you see
0: it? Did he post that on, like, Twitter? Uh, Facebook,
2: they, uh, Kim yeah. posted the family, like, outside the stadium. And everybody had, like, global stuff on except for Patrick was wearing, uh, they were laying the race number 11.
0: Patrick, he was very happy that he nailed the wide receiver depth chart. He was very, ex- <laughs> he was very proud. Of he was like, go back and check the tape. I was like, I'm not going back and checking the tape, Patrick. I trust you. You nailed it. Those don't remember,
2: Brom would have won MVP if he didn't get injured. In, in Damn Mexico. right. And then Tommy Maddox won, didn't he? And Maddox, his injury led to Maddox winning the MVP and then getting the shot in a, to play for the uh, the Steelers. I mean, it's crazy how things turned around. And instead, Braum ended up retiring and coaching the Louisville Fire for like a year, which they did very, very briefly bring up on the broadcast, I noticed. <laughs> they were talking about, first of all, they were screwing up. One of my favorites was like, when they were talking about Braum, like, a legendary quarterback of legendary status. Like, why? they what? Like, Ware was way off his game last night on this game?
0: It was no, clear. he was pretty much on his game. That 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 <laughs> is where. That's game. Andre Ware's game. That was part of the
2: I guess I expect more Andre Ware like Houston and not Andre Ware like you know Detroit Lions. But, um, but yeah, like they were they 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 slid it in there at one point where they're like, Braum, after his great legendary career at Louisville, coached a little arena football for a year. You know, like and he's like said it passing. I'm like, yeah, the fire, baby. People <laughs> forget he coached a little Fire for a year. He did, got really kickstarted his career. That was back in like 2007 or eight or something like it was, something like
0: that. It was early blogging days for me. I remember that.
2: I know, I know it was like because the, they we had their because uh, Big I, Easy called the games. They're
0: on the. I still have an old shirt from like the uh, the 15 whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. that they have. They're on the back of this sponsor.
2: I think the first day I ever worked in radio, I uh, Renshaw was on remote, so I didn't get to meet him. But right after his show was a little Fire game. And I was like, I remember uh, Sam uh, Schreiber, who was a board. Op- I think he works at WHS now.
0: Uh, he was uh, he was doing the board for it. I was like, hey, we got the little fire, baby. Yeah. Texas, I switched to y'all uh, on three to six about a year ago. I came for Mike, but I stayed for Trevor. Way if I had a nickel. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they all say, man. That's <sighs> How it works. Texas, two two UK fans were officially spotted at the Louisville game. Well, I saw somebody sent me one on Twitter. You know, there's always one. He was getting booed as he went to his seat, and just all UK jacket. I just don't understand. But I mean, why
2: would you like? If you are UK fan, you want UK stuff. That's great. But like, why why did you go to the game? Like, I mean, I, I don't do it. you live in Atlanta and you're just a UK fan living down there? And you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the game, meet some friends from town. I guess maybe. I guess I can't talk too much trash because I have a I'm friends with UK fans who've gone to Louisville games with me that didn't involve Kentucky. The uh Liberty yeah, but you Bowl. They wear
0: like U of L stuff.
2: Uh, they I mean, they, you mean the day wear UK stuff? Yeah.
0: Uh no. Good. Didn't. See, that, that I'm I'm fine with that. Texas says, hey Mike, you know what they what they say? You'd rather miss low than high. <laughs> People say that. Texas says Conley came it. in, I thought it was Doman. They said Conley on the broadcast, so I'm I'm holding them. And I think everybody there said it was I, Conley. I heard him say Conley. Yeah, they definitely said it was. Con- unless everybody just misidentified him
2: or Mr. Miss
0: Mr. Loane. Actually, I love how you can tell where we're getting caught up on the text. That's got to be the worst Trevor isn't listing moment of all time. It was bad because I literally. Oh, that wasn't. Because I, 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 I say it all the time where I'm like, I just said that. That time I literally had just said it probably five seconds before. In fairness, it
2: wasn't literally the last thing you'd said. You'd mentioned you mentioned uh, Cal before. That. I
0: think it was one sentence removed. From what I just said. That's a long time. Hey, that's a long time to remember something.
2: <laughs> Texas, There's a
0: difference right there. I wanted that to be pointed out. Texas, says, I actually didn't feel terrible with the score at halftime. I was happy that we were only down two scores at half after having played like absolute dog bleep. But we didn't play like you know I don't think we played like dog bleep completely second quarter for sure. But the first quarter it felt like you know, when we were up six-nothing, I think everybody's thinking we should be up by more. Like we're out playing them, we're dominating the line of scrimmage, we've got the big turnover. We just weren't cashing in in the red zone. And, and then second quarter, is just they just thoroughly dominated us. But the, the
2: giving up the two big plays worried me because that was, I mean, something we have had a serious
0: problem with in the last couple of years. Yeah, they, they were killing us on chunk plays for sure. Texas with Pat Fitzgerald gone, Shane Beamer is now the biggest tool in college football, his whining and demeanor making extremely unlikable. Mac Brown choked him. That was nice. He I paid a little attention. He wasn't really. He just kind of like – there's a picture of him like he's kind of like grabbed him, him – him, He's like trying to bring him back in to say something, and it definitely looks like he's choking him.
2: Before we knew about Fitzgerald's uh, hazing stuff, did we ever? Was he
0: considered a tool, though? I think people didn't like him because he kind of did the whole like
2: stick, like in up, his, stick up
0: his butt, Dabo thing, where he's like, "We're so straight laced, and you know we don't." Oh, okay, you know, you know, yeah, he was kind of. People didn't like him. Texas didn't. McMurphy had us have us at sixteen in the preseason poll. He clearly doesn't love us if he dropped us nine spots in this week's poll. He did, but he still has us in there at twenty five. He did not rank Colorado, which, dun, dun, <laughs> which, which felt like a unnecessary shot. You <laughs> think it was? Yeah, I think so. Texture says, got to give a shout out to Texas Tech-Wyoming. Just a fun game you can only get in college football. I loved watching that game. So, like, you know, we watched the game. I'm watching football on Saturday. I think Mary and I watched, like, a little bit of TV together. Then I go upstairs, and I realize they flipped over. They, they flipped over to Texas Tech-Wyoming on main CBS, like, in Laramie, it's an awesome game. The Wyoming quarterback makes an unreal throw on fourth down to to basically keep the game alive uh, at the end of regulation. They go to overtime. They both score in overtime. They go to double overtime. Uh, Texas Tech scores. Wyoming scores. The Wyoming gets the two point conversion to win it. I like, think actually the, the throw that I'm talking about was the throw that at the end of the double overtime. But it's crazy. Like you just don't get that scene anywhere else. The Wyoming fans storm you know I saw people that were talking about how you know there's so like Wyoming it's so bleak the weather's so bad depression is really really high like they like there are fans that root for Wyoming football with just as much passion and fervor as Ohio State and Alabama fans and you know that game meant so much to them it was it was very cool to be watching Wyoming football after midnight on CBS although on the flip side i saw the and look i'm i'm a U of L fan i'm not somebody who enjoys the SEC i love rooting against the SEC but some things are sacred. And at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon when I heard the CBS theme, CBS college football theme, <laughs> and it shows Bloomington, Indiana, and they're like 70% filled stadium. At best. It felt so wrong. And whoever's involved in that should be sent to the Hague for war crimes. Like it, it was just. It was, you know, I know that it feels weird to have any conference besides the SEC in that time slot, but for it to be Indiana in Week One, like at least give us Michigan or Ohio State or something if it's a home game for one of those teams. Well, they give
2: you Ohio State; not a home game. But yeah.
0: it, Indiana hosting, like just with that, it felt so terrible. It felt so wrong. And I know how bad it looked, and I, you know, I was
2: listening to it, not watching the broadcast because I, I tried to watch it on YouTube TV, but if you have, you can't. I guess one downfall for that is using that platform is you can't watch local stuff. Like so, it wouldn't let me watch like the Colorado game because it was on like uh, Fox or whatever WDRB, and I couldn't watch the Ohio State game because of the same reason it was on like CBS or whatever. And um, but the announcers talking about it, like, you know, how, you talk about the stadium being seventy percent full to start the game, they were bashing their own fan base to a degree, and especially the student section, saying how like Ohio State went up seven nothing, like a large percentage of people started leaving. Jeez, that's like nasty. it's just not. Yeah, it's. Not a good thing. Now, one good thing that did come out of the post game show is uh, our man. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Truth? Did you ever? Did you ever get to handle? Did you ever, did you ever have the Truth as a caller? On yeah, the, back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, right? Yeah. He sure. called in. He used to call. He used to call uh, sports talkers randomly. He lived in that. He moved to Evansville. Didn't get to listen to the show, but he knew what time we were on. He would just call up randomly just to talk to us, which was sometimes annoying because he was always talking off topic. But uh, the Truth is still with us. He he called in the coaches. He called in the post game show. So good to hear from the truth. Shout out to the truth. Who I actually did
0: get, uh, I actually have seen the truth. I got to meet him once. Texture sends in a link to a tweet. It's Dabo talking. <laughs> it says, listen, I'm not going to lie to you all. This was a setback. But there was also one person that suffered a pretty major setback before he rose back to the top. That's right. Jesus. <laughs> did I mean, he say that? No, it's, it's a made-up quote. Made up quote. Oh. I, I'm getting so many. I'm getting blown. I've got like 15,000 like retweets on that. I just tweeted like the link of him doing the quote from December where he's like, We did build this program on NIL on God's name image life. yeah. And I was like, this is the moment where God <laughs> stopped pulling for, for Clemson. Because <laughs> they got a terrible it seemed like a terrible call. I guess it technically was the right call. I don't know if you saw where the you know, they're driving. It's when they're only down twenty one seven and Klubnik gets drilled on a targeting call, but he slid right before the line to gain on a fourth and, and ten. And so they said he was short. So the the targeting call is after the, changing, after the change in possession, which I've never seen that call made like that before. So I'm like, this this type of luck that Clemson has gotten for the last seven, eight years, and now it's God's fed up. He's done. He's not a Clemson fan anymore. He's not going to help Dabo out anymore. Uh, he, he's going to come over to our side. He's done. We get the luck now.
2: Welcome. Yeah.
0: Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll finish it up with the text line we'll look ahead to tonight in the world of sports. Uh, Reds back at it against the Mariners. We've got... Uh, UFL uh, soccer against U.K. soccer. We'll get you ready for all that good stuff coming up. Last segment on the way of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450
1: and 96.1 Big X. Yes, it's been quite a summer rent of cars and westbound trains And now you're off on vacation Something you tried to explain And all in it's our love soul That's the reason I just let you go Come Monday, it'll be all
2: And I do <laughs> it's only because it's played so much
0: through your life. Is I'm why just, it. I'm just not. It. It's a good song. Stepped uh, on a pot plant. I do remind her. Uh, <laughs> it does remind me of the the rock and Stone Cold every single time. And I saw that clip starting to float around where he's like, "It's old Stone Cold's fault," and then he gives him the rock bottom. I don't remember
2: that clip. But, you remember that? Know.
0: They sing like you know, Stone Cold starts singing the song, and he's like, "Some people say that there's a Rocky to blame," and then Rock takes the mic and says it, and the Rock <laughs> ends up giving the Rock Bottom. It was great,
2: um, big time moment. Uh, unfortunately, though, there was a big time moment in AEW this weekend. Couple one, I know
0: you've told me already.
2: And well, the other thing was, I don't know if you saw this, where CM Punk was fired over the weekend. I saw him trending. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was officially let go. Probably rightfully so. Uh, CM Punk's kind of a tool. AW's uh, coming to
0: Louisville, by the way, November 1st. And you are going. going.
2: You're going. We're going. I'm not going. I'm buying a ticket. We're going to go. You're going to go. If I buy you a ticket, you're not going to go to the show with me if I buy you a free no, ticket. I'm not going. I don't like wrestling. No, you're going to have fun, dude. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> okay. I'm taking you. All right. I'm going to make a kid. Mary's going with me. When's the game? When is it? November 1st? November 1st. Mark it down. He's going to be with me that night, that Wednesday night. We're going to do the show. Might slip out a little early. I don't know. We don't have to probably. And then we're gonna head over to the Young Center. He's gonna go to the show with me. So mark that down.
0: I think I have some say in this, don't I?
2: No, it's cute. You think you do, but you don't. I'm not going. No, I'm. I don't care if I gotta drag you in there like in duct tape and, like. I'm very excited for you to go. They kidnapped him, He's dragging you and I'm duct taped oh up.
0: Like, <laughs> what's happening here? I'm making him watch wrestling.
2: <laughs> but yeah, CM Punk uh, apparently gotten another issue with. Um, with Jack Perry, the son of uh, Luke Perry, former, former actor, and uh, sure,
0: we gotta make this quick. We have like fifty-five tests. I know we in, do. Like, Ten minutes. Right?
2: And uh, yeah, supposedly, supposedly lost. Supposedly pushed uh, Tony Khan. Yeah, he got Good. he's fired. He's gone. Peace out. You're going. Remember <laughs> first. That's the summary. That's it. There it is. <laughs>
0: Um, we do have <laughs> – there's no way we're going to get to all the texts today.
2: Are you, I don't think you could read them without us commenting either. I know. We'll yeah. do the best we
0: can. Sean Moth, who, by the way, his birthday was yesterday. Yes, it was. Happy birthday to Sean. You're the man. We love you. Love you. Uh, he texted me, and he was very upset that we were – I was speaking glowingly about Wyoming because they're big rivals with Colorado State. His oh, alma mater, yeah. okay. so he was not happy. Dennis yeah. Dembo sucks. <laughs> somebody was like, Mike, you were live-tweeting that that uh, Wyoming game. I was. It was. It was – I was very excited. It was very – it was must-watch TV. Football was back, and I'm excited about it. Texas Trevor your YouTube TV must have been messed up because you can absolutely watch the local affiliate I think it's because i I
2: don't know it, it kept saying I had to change the settings or something on my computer to to show like it's black because otherwise it's blacked out i don't I don't get it said and it says you have to change the the location on where your YouTube is set up for but you can only do that like three times because I have it set up I guess in louisville i I don't know I,
0: I don't know what it was but it wouldn't let me watch it. Texas, let's say it. How many stripes to the Murray State game? Two and a
2: two and a, two and a quarter.
0: It's going to be mostly empty up there. I, 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 we're doing this thing as a fan base now, where everybody's putting so much pressure on. The, you know, this game needs to be a sellout. We need to have so many people here. Wow. Josh Hurt's kind of doing it. Like it's just, I I think it has a chance to be the most attended game post COVID, which is what Hurt said. I think it should be. We just, you know, we're excited about Brahms. Season tickets are way up. It's the first. At the same time, it's a Thursday night home game against Murray State. The game that you need to circle is the Notre Dame game. Even if we're not undefeated, I think that's the game where that could be a no stripe game. That could be that that Adidas section is finally filled out for the first time. But this game, I know that they're doing like a, I mean, card marches at five. It's that's people are working at five o'clock on a Thursday. It's gonna be tough for a lot of people to get out there. Which it does just kind of suck. That's going to be Jeff Brom's first card march, and you know, I've had a number of people say they're not using their tickets, which kind of makes me a little bit worried. I think it'll be a good crowd. I think it'll be a loud crowd. I think it'll be mostly fill filled in that little the area that's visible visible on TV in the lower section. I don't think all the Flight deck and the Adidas section seats are going to be. Finished. Yeah, I mean it shouldn't be completely
2: because I mean it's still Murray
0: State for for what it's worth. No offense. You'd like it to be. I mean you you'd, you'd, you'd yeah. like us to be. you know people are like if we want this program to get where we want it to go, you know we need to be sixty thousand strong in every game, which I uh, agree with. I'd love for that to be the case. It's just, it, we've never done that, and to expect us to do it out of nowhere, I, I think that we'll get to a point. Hopefully, if we start winning at the highest level again, where for big games we finally get to sixty thousand, there. But I mean, even when we were competing for national championships, when we were competing I for mean, BCS uh, games, we weren't selling out in today's the old
2: stadium. In today's environment, and you're if you're getting no more no, nothing less than sixty sixty five thousand every game, then you're Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, and some of those I guarantee if they're playing Murray Except State, well yeah, I and I guarantee you even when if Murray State was to come to Alabama, you
0: might be stretching for sixty thousand in that stadium. Texas, I sat behind Louisville's bench, and that guy with the visor caught my attention looking like Seth. He definitely did. I, I did he did kind of really look good. like him, too, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, I don't know if he's trying to do it, but I don't know. Texture says, I know it's literally PR, but the wording of that statement from UK was promising. Maybe I'm grasping this wrong. They're talking about the, the big kid they're trying to get eligible. It's Kerosene Tech. Karateek. takes for another day.
2: You're talking about the, the European kid?
0: Yeah, the Croatian. Yeah. Apparently, it's like today, it's like now or never. It's like the last day to add drop classes, so... Yeah, they've
2: had good good, good luck with though, getting those uh, European big men eligible though.
0: Texas says, is it ironic or just funny that the Pac-10 went 13-0 and over the weekend? They were, well, they played all. I mean, see who they played. UCLA but, beat Coastal, I know. It was Because yeah. I watched a little bit of that game late on Saturday. Like Stanford beat like, like Presbyterian or something.
2: That was Murray State, actually. He beat Presbyterian. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably why it was in my mind, yeah.
0: <laughs> Texas <laughs> says, uh, Devin Leary was out most of last year. He didn't play against us. That's true. We've got two stats against us. He games. does. He played against us in, so uh, in nineteen. And, so two and three years ago. Yeah, it was
2: nineteen and twenty-one. He played against us, and last year he was out.
0: Because yeah. I only know from arguing with UK fans that like he was good against us in one game and like not great against us in the other one. So I knew it was two, but I didn't realize he was out last
2: so year. Since you and me been together, he's only played us once. He only played us once that Thursday night game, which didn't go I, well. Yeah, first. I didn't get to watch as
0: much of it. Yeah. It's hard for Thrash to win the Heisman when Travelstead's going to win it. <laughs> so he was the ACC Specialist of the Year. I mean, a kicker it's won the, MVP in it's football. It's, it's the sixth time that a UFL player has won ACC Specialist of the Week. Now keep in mind, this is only going back to 2014. Yeah. Can you name one other player who won Specialist of the Week? Doesn't have to be a kicker or punter. It can be a returner. I was thinking it
2: is. A, well, did he win it for like a kick return or something one year maybe? He did not.
0: Who who was it? Well, we've had six. Oh, who, who are the six? Well, Blanton Creaky won it twice, so that's that's one. So technically, it's only four of the people. Okay. Corvin Lamb, the famous Miami kick return. All right. Jair Alexander, return punts back against Florida State in 2016, and then Hassan Hall, who took a kick to the house in 2019. Yeah. I miss Hassan Hall. Another Georgia Tech guy. Texture says, "I love the hitting Friday night. Lit up the kick return on the first two kickoffs inside the 20." He called fair catch on any returnable kick the rest of the night. We That that absolutely happened. Yeah, that was one. I'm like sitting down, getting ready for the game. The thwack right off the bat. I'm like, I'm up, instantly up with my feet. That was awesome. Then they do it again the next kickoff, and Georgia Tech wisely started calling for fair catches on every kickoff after that. Our our special teams guys were raring to go. Texas says, I agree with the, the texture about targeting. It should absolutely be treated like flagrants. There are football plays, and there is headhunting. It's usually clear which has occurred. Two football plays hits to the head, and you're out is a fair compromise. Totally agree. I think that's, it, it makes too much sense. Texas, Brian was loving up Jack, not Jeff. He was kind of doing the whole, Jack said Brian came to him in halftime and said, like, you know, you've got to be Jack Plummer. You're Jack Plummer. you got to play like Jack Plummer. <laughs> Impressive words. Texas, I'm in the minority with our fan base, but I'm so over the weekday games, and we prove that we don't, uh, we don't, them as well as Homer away. I don't know what that means. Just give us our Saturdays. Well, we had all Saturday games last year. Or no, two years ago we had all Saturday games. People thought that we were going to suck. I don't mind. I don't mind occasional non-Saturday games. Don't bother me. I don't either. I'm, I'm. I'm fine with it. I think sometimes you have too many. Like this year we have, what, three of our first five games are on Thursday or Friday? That's yeah,
2: probably it. Yeah. You shouldn't probably have more than two in a season. But we went
0: Friday last week, Thursday this week, and then NC State in a, in a few weeks is on Friday. I'm assuming a
2: conference title game doesn't count. So.
0: No, no. I'm not going to complain about what day of the week the conference title game is. Good point, is. good point. I'm not happy about this because it's dare on a damn, we play on a Friday, on a damn yeah. Sunday night. You kidding me? <laughs> Kids got school in the morning. I'm not even gonna watch. <laughs> Did
2: they have school in the morning. I don't
0: know. Texture says I'm not sure what that texture is talking about. but Almost all of those teams he referred to are not in the AP poll. He said top 35, so he's including the also returning votes, uh, also receiving votes. Texture <laughs> says so. Set set. Skipped the walkthrough to watch App State, and then we lose to Q's, and he blamed the players for not being up for the game. What a piece of crap! It was. I, I was not happy when I, when I heard the story. No, nor was I. Texas, there's a batting cage across the street from the Clarksville YMCA in Jeffersonville. We can head over there after a show. Get yeah. Some, get some reps in. I can't tell you the last time I've hit off of like decent speed pitching.
2: What would you consider decent speed?
0: Like a batting cage or like live pitching?
2: Yeah, I would. I'm. I haven't been a batting cage since. Oh, good lord! I mean, it's probably been 20 years or so. It was. It was the one over by Toys R Us. Yeah.
0: Probably. Would. I. I took some hacks like randomly, and I. Thing when I was like 25, but besides I, that, i just played softball.
2: I want to say it was probably like, it's probably early early 2000s. I remember going there, and the, like within five minutes I was like, I need some damn batting gloves. I mean, my hands were ripped to crap.
0: <laughs> Texas, Trevor, you know you don't have to justify every mistake you make, right? You can always just say, my bad, I apologize. It might even make you feel a little good inside. I don't even know what that's in reference to.
2: What was I making, justifying what? I, I can't explain my mistake? I don't even know.
0: It could have been anything. We forget so quickly here. Texas, why didn't you record an emergency podcast after the win on Friday? It would have been the most downloaded episode surpassing the December 2020 UK win. Uh, Our most downloaded episode was actually a post – no, it was. It is the post-UK basketball win. Um, But, I mean, people call for emergency podcasts after everything. We can't just – they have to say special. We can't just do it after – Kind of like meat in a salad? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. It was fun – it was an exciting win, but we can't just do emergency podcasts after everything. Texas says, KP said the football team is still recovering and needs more emotional support. I am getting so jaded with the basketball stuff too. Like, like they, the morning after the win, they're like, positive vibes at the uh, arena with the players after the football win. Still celebrate. I was like, not now, guys. I'm like, just don't make me think about basketball right now. Like you I'm like, you don't get to, to share the spotlight with football right now. They've earned it. You haven't. Texas, was there a point where either of you all were one hundred percent ready for a QB change? I was not. I think I nah, was kind I don't of. think it was either. I was fielding like all. I was seeing it a lot on on social media. I was seeing. I was getting a lot of texts from it. I I still thought while it was bad, I was like, "Plumber's got to be the guy." And ends up working out. There
2: were a couple bad throws, but they weren't all bad. No.
0: Texas says, "Did Trevor just slide in an Ennis Cantor joke?"
2: Yes, I did.
0: He loves the Ennis Cander joke. It's, baby Murison. I believe it's Ennis Freedom now.
2: It's mini. Always known. It was always known by on, on Wikipedia when it's not being you know Hitlerized and throwing me having my comments thrown off. He's Mini Mirasan. <laughs>
0: he looks like George Murison. Texas, holy bleep! I share the same birth month as Sean Moth. I love my life. Sean Moth in Virginia. People Rutherford.
2: bragged about birth months.
0: <laughs> All the stars are out in September. Virgo season, baby. Texas. It was a Lamar jersey that I burned. It was bought on eBay from China. It caught fire like crazy. That thing was a hazard. <laughs> well, save saved the game for us. Why would you burn a Lamar jersey, though? I guess it was, it was just cursed. Okay. Texas Ashton didn't get enough attention. Ashton Jalada was unblockable, which is why they didn't block him. They, just, they held him the entire game. The entire game he was just being held. That dude's a beast. I was thinking of Michael Kelso when you read that.
2: <laughs> I don't know why. it's from my mind went. <laughs>
0: Texas, do we really think there's a chance that the crowd on Thursday will be the biggest one since COVID? It would be awesome to see, but I think a Thursday night might be tough.
2: What is our biggest night scope? Uh, what uh, was it? Was it a Florida State
0: game or something? Or might have been like the, the Central Florida Friday game, maybe. No, no. E- even when we were playing well last year and expecting the, the crowds, just were not there last year. Like even no. like the Wake Forest game when they were number ten, like the, the number was way lower than you would have guessed. Um, I don't know what our. I mean, I because you can't really go. It's hard to assume because, like
2: you said, that they're going to give you the numbers for attendance that you know aren't real.
0: I mean, oh, I guess for you, sure.
2: I guess you can always just deduct you know, a certain percentage of them off, but I mean. yeah.
0: Texas, speaking of basketball, I guess we put Louisville Live in the closet. Enough of the Louisville Live text, guys. We we don't think it's happening. We haven't heard anything. <laughs> it's pretty yet. much buried, right? Texas, when the hell do they make fair catches on kickoffs and move to the 25? I think like four years ago. <laughs> it's been it's been a rule for a while now. Texas, I'm not worried about attendance, even if Florida State is announcing today that they are renovating the football stadium and will actually reduce capacity by eleven thousand seats to sixty eight thousand five hundred sixty. It's a it's a thing all across the country for sure. But I do I mean I think fans just work themselves up into what what we all want to happen. Like we all, in an ideal world, yeah, we'd have sixty thousand there. Everyone would be there for Card March at five. There'd be no empty seats in the building. Everyone's wearing black. Everyone's going nuts. It—I mean, just realistically, it's not going to happen. I hope it's the best crowd we can possibly get, though. Texas, I'll go to wrestling with TK. <laughs> I mean, if y'all want, you want to go with
2: us? Me and Mike are going. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get us good seats here. We're gonna sit ringside again. If I get us like really good seats out on the floor, will you go? No. Again, this is so adorable, you think you have an option. Just say yes. (laughs) It's going to make it so much less awkward when I'm dragging you
0: there. We're going to get out of here tonight. Lynn Stadium, 8 o'clock, ACC Network, Louisville soccer unbeaten, taking on Kentucky, who's already got one loss but was uh, preseason number two. Cards could use a win to snap a losing streak against the Cats. Do John Michael Hayden and company get it done tonight? Again, 8 o'clock, ACC Network.
2: Uh, I'm going to say make that two losses for Kentucky. Suck it, Cats. Go
0: Cards. Cards win tonight. They get it done. Reds probably lose second game of the Bears. So that's okay. Go Cards. Beat Kentucky. Let's keep the positive vibes rolling. All the wins yeah, baby! across the car to the landscape are going to keep coming. Everyone enjoy your Tuesday evening. We're back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Beat the Cats.